0: Up your ears and count to one, people. We are lovers, we're not fighters. Mm-hmm. Dispatches from Planet Funk. This is the Aced Out Podcast, dedicated to all whom the man tried to ace out by profiting from the soul without stopping to give props to the prophets of soul mm-hmm you got it it's your boy ace allen sometimes they call me barack wayne and we're brought to you by the letter p sponsored by pete people for the ethical treatment of ear holes and we're all funking up fam affiliated because funk is spelled fun with a k that's why they pronounce it funke. what do you think about that jay that's right brother I always think i'm gonna mess that up <laughs> right on man it was good to see you i've been seeing you on the regular now yeah man i enjoyed this we're putting out episodes at a steady clip right now aced yeah. out podcast we're coming at you humming coming at you 2021 mucho episodes coming up today is no ex- uh, exception we're going to talk to sweet ld Jay stone sweet yeah. ld from the mc hammer posse And the group Oaktown 357. Our first uh, person from hip-hop royalty to even come on our show. Oaktown 357, that's a group that Sweet LD had with Terrible T and Lil P. Um... They were friends that would hang out at a club called Silks in Emeryville. Do you remember Silks in Emeryville, Jay Stone? Oh man, all my cousins and sister and
1: brother used to go there.
0: Oh, okay. I was too young. Well, (laughs) yeah, right. (laughs) But that was the spot. Um, People would go there and dance and hang out back when people liked to go out on weeknights even and go and dance. And anyway, they would go there and MC Hammer would be there as well. And that's where she met and kind of became part of his posse. Um, there was a time, you guys, especially you young folks if you don't know, there was a time when this guy named MC Hammer pretty much ruled the world. For a couple of years, he's pretty much the biggest on TV and radio. Yes. Um, just the biggest thing ever. And uh, she appeared with the other two in all of his videos. So we're talking about videos like, um, Turn This Mother Out, remember that video? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And stuff like that. Uh-huh. And they just super ruled the world until um, an album called The Chronic by Dr. Drake came out and kind of changed the game. Mm. But before that, you had this, this kind of aggressive, super fast, high charge dance rap, this kind of style that they'd use with MC Hammer. And MC Hammer was one of the first guys to put Where We Are Right Now on the map, J. Stone, talking about Oakland. No doubt. And also one of the first guys to do it independently, to put out independent music, put out independent records, selling tapes out the trunk, just like Too Short. Um, So it's a pretty amazing game, and it's great to talk to Sweet LD. Um, They had hits like, um, from the album Wild and Loots, they had hits like Yeah 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 and Juicy Got You Crazy. then she continued on with them, just her and terrible T. I'm talking about sweet LD. Wow. And remember that song? We're all in the same gang. It was like a posse cut. It had like oh, yeah. Eazy E and Young MC. It had like Tone Look. Yeah, that was it dope. It was like, like the hip hop, we are the world. Yeah, right. The yeah. hip hop, we are the world. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know if you remember, but actually, Oaktown, three five seven, uh, Terrible T, and Sweet LD—they're actually part of that song as well. Okay. So all that right. was pretty fresh. Yeah. And they also did an album that I think is very underrated, called Fully Loaded, in 1991. huh and um, they kind of fought more for their own direction, for their own voice. That album's more lyrical. I like the production on that album. Okay. But because of politics and stuff that was going on at that time, I alluded to before, um, they got dropped from their label and -hmm. they just kind of went their separate ways. Nowadays, Sweet LD, she lives in Texas. She has a family. She's a hip hop dance instructor. (laughs) <laughs> and in recent years, her and Terrible T have gone out and performed together again. So, you know, so. make it a little bit of a comeback. Yeah. Anyway, it's going to be great to talk to her. She also has her own book of poetry that she put out. Okay. Um, so we're going to get into it with her. I'm really excited to have her on. We have this guest, Sweet LD, on because of Chocolate, J Stone. Okay. hi. Right. Chocolate, a.k.a. Patrice Banks of Graham Central Station. She loves us. And did you know that they're related? No, man. I think man. she's like Sweet LD's cousin or oh, something. Right. I didn't realize that. Uh, we got a great reaction for the Shirley Hayden episode, J Stone. Right. Shirley Hayden from P-Funk cool. from Parlette. She was really cool. And uh, we also, I didn't notice, but your boy, uh, Wayne Foote, he wrote like a long paragraph of thanks on our website, I just noticed uh, a couple weeks ago. Nice. He wrote it, <laughs> I can't read the whole thing because it's like Dostoevsky, he did like a long <laughs> thing, you know, just talking more about Slave. Right. But he did say I wanted to read to you, he wrote, Thank you Ace and Jay for this fantastic representation and the great write-up. Happy New Year's and keep it stinking, y'all, from yours truly, Foot Funk. And that's Wayne Foote from Man. Slave. So he loved his episode as well. So go back and check those out. Episode 13 and 14 respectively, y'all. Okay. I'm also excited because we have more great guests coming up in the future, Jay Stone. Mm -hmm. So we have Steve Boyd coming up. Now, if you've seen uh, the P-Funk All-Stars perform over the course of, I don't know, like the last 30 years or so. Okay. You've definitely seen Steve Boyd sing. He okay. Usually he tends to do a lot of the Glenn Goines parts, uh-huh. so he likes sings lead on Bop Gun and stuff like that. All right. Sweet Down, Sweet Chariot, Let Me Ride, you know, okay. tends to sing yeah, lead on yeah. that. He sounds great. He's another one of those Detroit cats, another one of those uh, Detroit soul cats. Mm. And so you know who got us that guest, man, none J- other w. than <laughs> JW in Detroit. I talked to him last week. He's still doing well. I checked in with him. That's cool. He's been spreading the funk. He's been getting our name out there. He's been uh, Propping up Ace Out Podcast For a long time So I'm looking real I'm looking big forward To that guest Steve Boyd And he seems yeah. nice too I talked to him a couple of times okay. On the phone He's really cool brother <laughs> Dope Um Next Episode you all In a few weeks We're doing the episode The tribute to our Fallen knot soldier Patrick Owens Brother P. I just talked to Um Patrick's cousin a couple of days ago, Teresa. Okay. Uh, she, I've been trying to get in touch with some family. I, I know you have too. So I finally got in touch with her. Uh, she's out there. What's that place called? American Canyon? You know, yeah, out by... It is out by my mom. Yeah, right, right, right. so that's where she's at. Okay, sorry. So sh- she seemed pretty nice, so she's going to participate. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to do a tribute to our boy. We're also going to have John McFab Flattery, a uh, drummer OG Funkinauts. He's going to be here in the studio with us. Nice. And on the phone, we're going to talk to Richard Lindsay from Purify Men Funk Insurance, for which uh, Patrick was musical director. Mm-hmm. And uh, he left me a message today, so I'm going to call him back this afternoon afternoon. afternoon. Nice. Tony the drumologist. Yes. Um, Osha Savage will call. And what's, who's that cat? Densfield? Densfield. He goes by the name Densfield? Yes, sir. Who's, uh,
1: Densfield? Densfield is a, he plays reggae bass. Good brother. And, uh, you know, just all around, all around, just good homeboy. Uh, I just know him from the flea market and whatnot. Right on. Yeah. I actually met him through Patrick. We were doing some, some work together.
0: Because uh, um, nut's pretty linked up with the reggae scene too, right? A lot yeah, of you guys yeah. do that.
1: We were uh, always loved reggae and like dub music mm-hmm. growing up. And funk and and, and reggae kind of go hand in hand with me because it's bass driven and, you know, um, that's a real soulful music. You know what I mean? And I, I tend to like more dance hall, old school 80s dance hall. Yeah. And um, more English reggae like, steel pulse or burning spear or something like that yeah you know that some of the young music out today by, by the younger guys is a little bit trying to be too too Bob Marley or yeah, right. too hip-hop or something like that right you know what I mean but respect for all of that
0: well right on man and yeah, yeah we're gonna represent all of that and that's gonna be a great episode you know uh, uh, Richard left me a message today and you saying like yeah He's kind of saying what I said last time or a couple episodes back, Like he woke up and he kind of forgot Patrick was gone. Yeah, man. we and talked so,
1: about that. I talked to Richard yesterday. He said the same thing.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> we're still kind of going through those vibes and stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing that episode, but it's going to be kind of a maybe an emotional episode yeah, as well. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I'm tripping off of this uh, the soundtrack we got going on. <laughs> <laughs> this is some uh, uh, Japanese soul music from like soundtracks to like uh, kung fu movies, like yes. martial arts movies and stuff like that. No doubt. Uh, right. Word up, one love to a uh, Scott Shepherd who I met with yesterday, helping us do do big things. A Out Podcast is going to be big in two thousand twenty one. hmm. Thank you, Scott. Got Debbie JJ taking videos and taking pictures for our marketing you. campaign. Debbie's one of those people, you know, she puts a lot of pressure on you. You know, most people, they say, have a nice day. She's like, have an amazing day. You're like, oh, no. How am I supposed to do that? Was Jimi Hendrix going to come back from the grave and tell me he's running for president? Because right. you know, president of North Korea. That would be amazing. Man. You know? I'm like, don't give me that much pressure. Can I just have a nice day? <laughs> and she's got her footstool too, so she's representing. There you go. We got Dominic behind the board. Dominic Brown getting down. Also in the mix, Alex, want to shout out Justin Ancena of Soul Graffiti Studios, putting graffiti on your soul. Mm -hmm. Of course, three chars are Art and IT Lady and my sister-in-law. Want to say hello to all our listeners all around the world. Um, People of all ages are discovering us, uh, Jay Stone. That's incredible. More and more people are uh, discovering the older episodes and kind of binge listening and catching up. Right. Remember, you guys, you want to listen to us on Stitcher. You want to listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, TuneIn. But the best place of all... Oh, <laughs> wow. Nice drop. This is perfect. <laughs> this is really sitting in nice. It's acedoutpodcast.com, you Yes, sir. Acedoutpodcast. A C E D O U T. P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com, you yeah. I didn't tell you, Jay Stone, um, I live in this cottage in uh-huh. the back of this uh, lady, this right. nice, like, hippie lady's backyard in Berkeley. Okay. I live in the, It's a nice cottage, you know, it's got nice natural light. Right. And I was walking home uh, one night from uh, the park, you know, Live Oak Park's right there. Uh-huh. And I was walking home and uh, a woman... Uh, this lady's walking down the street. She's all, ha! she's all, excuse me, excuse me. Like, but uh-huh. she's kind of saying it to everybody. Like, somebody help me! Uh-huh. Another one of those things. Like, somebody's yelling, somebody help me! I'm always in these situations. Right. So I was like, uh oh, Rock Wayne, just keep walking. You know, just <laughs> my head down. And where I have to walk in, there's like a gate with like a key I have to turn. Yeah. And so it kind of takes me a long time. I always kind of mess it up. So I'm just trying to keep my head down. She's all, like, excuse me, help me. And now she's like on the driveway and so she, uh, she cornered you. Yeah, but then she got me. I was I was I, I was sticking with it. I was like, "Fuck it, I can keep my head down." Right. But then she's all, "I'm your neighbor or something like that," okay. right? <laughs> Then you have to turn around.
2: <laughs> she got me with that.
0: Like, "Don't we all bleed the same blood or something?" Like, <laughs> <Right>. I'm inside <your laughs> <to> am <laughs> all "Okay, I turn around." And I go, I and go, "Yeah, what?" And she's all, "Do you have a bag of ice?" And I was ice. like, "What the heck?" <laughs> and you know what? I did. It was almost like that movie Slumdog Millionaire where, right. like, all of a sudden you had the answer to answer the question. Because I never, ever, never, ever have ice. Yeah. But I did have ice. I okay. just moved there and I didn't know I had like 15 ice trays. I didn't look in this cabinet. Okay. So I did. I bought a bag of ice for like okay. the only time in my life. Sure. Only used like a couple cubes. So I had a huge bag of ice. Uh-huh. So I, I said, you know what? Stay right here. So I go, I go in there, grab the bag. I come out. I was so happy. I was like, wow, I fulfilled mm-hmm. this request. And I give her the bag and she's just like, oh is this what kind of ice is this did you make this with like tap water i was like (laughs) (laughs) what? so i was like you know what i was like in a really good mood Uh, i just want to stay in a good mood so i just kind of smiled at her kind of like Right. I was like, you know what? That's pretty cool. Yeah. You asked me for a bag of ice. I went in. You know, it's 10:30 at night. I came out. The, that's pretty cool what I just did. You know, oh, kind of like I was looking at her like that. Oh, pretty cool, right? She's like, oh yeah, you're right, young man. Thank you. And then she kind of went up. Oh, I was like, don't get crazy, man. <laughs> but that's what I'm dealing with out there. All that Jeez. kind of stuff. It's like characters from Charles Dickens novels, like oh, coming man. out the bushes, like, excuse me, young sir. You right, know, yeah, yeah. Right. It's really, it's, it's, it's organic ice. I actually, it's actually sweat. She wanted to know, it, yeah, I, I should have told her that. She wanted to know if it was tap water ice. I'm like, get out of here. Oh, man. Her name might have been Karen. I'm not sure. Right. I'm sure. All right, man. I, by the way, I like how you're dressed, man. You Thank got you, the uh, Egyptian sweatshirt. Where'd you get that sweatshirt? Did man, you get that the from f- my beautiful meet? wife. Uh, oh, Gina got you yep. that. Is that a present? Surprise. yeah. Yep. I'm still rocking birthday presents, man. That's where I got so, this Bootsy t-shirt. Lucy. I Love got um, this uh, Jimi Hendrix sweatshirt. It's his oh, face man. here. And I got the another, I have three, I have three Jimi Hendrix face masks now. You see this? What that looks, do it, it lo-
1: doesn't look like a face until you,
0: see? what? Nice, Stop right? <laughs> That's like a Mountain Rushmore this shot. It's real abstract kind of. <laughs> all right, enough with the fashion show, all right? We're going to talk to a living legend. Okay. She's out there in Texas with her family, Sweet LD. So sweet, she's sweet to me. You know a song that I really love by them? They're talking about it's not your money. Uh-huh. You know how some people, they tell you, you know, you should buy this, you should do this, or you, can you get me this, can you get me right, that? Right, right. And you're like, look, this is my money. It's uh, not your money. <laughs> 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 That's one of my favorite songs from Oaktown 357. Oaktown's a great place to learn, you know, philosophy about money, how to handle oh, your money. Man. You grow up fast in Oakland. Yeah, I got an right.
1: Ipsy uh, Hammer story. Go ahead. I was working at U Haul on um, East 14th and 54th Street or whatever, the Avenue. When was this? Oh, uh, man. Back when he was hot. Okay, yeah, I, right. I was like in right. 90, starting. 91. Uh-huh. And I worked at U-Haul, so I had on my whole little uniform. And there was this red uh Lamborghini. You don't never see that on page right. 14. Or they call sure. it International Boulevard right now. Right. But it was he was floating. I was like, who is that? was that? Like, Ew. <laughs> then there was like Oakland police like after him. And he oh, turned right? around. Yeah, he turned around, you know, came back, parked in our parking lot. And I was like, who was that? You know, and I walked through and I was like, oh shit, it's MC Hammer. <laughs> and the cop pulled him over to get his autograph. I was talking to the cop. I was like, dude, because I worked there, you know, so he was like, oh, you yeah, know, really? Um, yeah. He said, I just pulled over to get his autograph.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he must have been
0: hot. I would have been Man. pissed if I was him. But yeah. yeah, you're right. That's a good example. And he was he going was to get thing. some
1: soul food across the street from my job. It was like one of those little joints, you know, where they, they have good soul food and stuff like that. So he was rolling. He was floating down the street. You could uh-huh. hear it from way down there. And uh, parked in our parking lot. cop came, and he ran across the street, got his food, and left, you know? <laughs>
0: But he—that's true. He was big, man. He was big. Even even cops wanted his autograph. Yeah. All right, let's get to the interview, man. This is from an album called "Fully Loaded" by Oaktown Three Five Seven. Terrible T. And next, you'll hear "Sweet LD." This is called "It's Not Your Money." Hey. Yeah. Ah, there's a track.
3: Hey. Made a little money and I'm thinking about spending it gave me the clout and the finance to sit back, relax, and maybe have a little romance. I called up my homegirl as soon as I settled down to let her know that I was back in town. We set up the time and place to have a double date. The guys looks on time. They can never be late. Everything was chill. I was dressed to kill. A suicide until she started to ill. The next day on my phone, there was a message from her. She started off calling up her bank account number. This girl was bold. I mean, <laughs> expecting a handout. She said the amount. I almost passed out. If you don't know me, this might it just sound strange. Get off me, girl. I ain't got no spare change. No, no, no. Not your money, not your no, money, not yours, not your money, not yours. No, not yours. Said it ain't your money, no, not, your money no, not your money, not yours, not your no, money, not yours. Yo, no, not your money, not your money, not yours, not your money, not yours. Said it ain't your money, not your money, not yours, not your money, not yours. Sweet OD. Me and my baby at home, snuggling cozy, snickering and tickling, and loving the way he holds me. Close your eyes, baby. I got a surprise. He's a little suckin' for being sweet, all these guys slippin' it on his wrist to check out the fit. Yeah, he opens his eyes and then reality hits: a Rolex. How much did this cost? Don't worry about it, baby. I got it. I'm the boss. He pulls the drag on me about being the breadwinner. Save the drama for your mama. Your pockets are getting thinner. I'm bringing home the bacon and cooking it, too. And that's just a yeah. taste of what Sweet mm. LD can do. I'm good at what I do, so they pay me well. So I don't cater to the ego of a sensitive male. I know the man having the money is a usual tradition. You think I'm a play broke? You must be on a mission. It's not your money, not your money, not yours, your not your money. Not
0: bringing home the bacon and cooking it, too. I love it. Man, that song is fun, <laughs> sweet LD. I was wondering, I was thinking about it because I've been I'm jamming this music all the past week. What are your? You, uh-huh. you have a, you have a son, right? How many kids do you do you have? I have three. You have three kids. What do you? What do you? Yes. What do your kids think of your music? Do they think they're like too cool for it? Do they like it? Like you know, hip hop's changed so much, you know, over the years.
4: Well, my oldest, he is thirty five. Uh-huh. So he actually grew up with me in the music industry True. with yeah. my journey. He tra- he traveled with me. He got to see a lot of stuff. So he appreciates it. The younger ones, um, they're 18 and 16. Yeah. Eh, you know, yeah. not so much. <laughs> it's like, yeah, okay, that's what you did. Not so much. So there's kind of like a different temperament with each one. But
0: yeah. I didn't yeah. realize that. I didn't yeah. realize your oldest. So your oldest can, uh, does he remember those days? Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
4: Without wow. any any yeah, he he remembers all of it. Wow. He really does. So yeah, he remembers quite a bit. Does so,
1: he play music or rap or anything?
4: Both, actually. Okay. He does nice. both. Mhm. Cool. He just got his uh Bachelor in music production degree from full Sail university nice. wow good it, for him finally. yeah
1: congratulations
4: <laughs> yeah so oh. he does djing and music production and all of that Hi. yeah
1: congratulations young mm-hmm. brother
0: that's fantastic yeah you. and you're yeah. you're an author you put out a book of poetry uh con- i did i did conditional truths yes how do yes, uh, i sure did. by the way how do i is it Suhela? Su- Suhaila, uh, Su- Uh-huh. Su- Sabir? Suhaila.
4: Suhaila Sabir. Very good. Uh-huh.
0: R- right on. And you put out you sell autographed copies um, at girlme2.com.
4: Yes, actually she she's so cool. She told me that um that's one way Who to bring she? traffic to her website, Simonia Montgomery. Simonia Montgomery. Simonia Mo-
0: right. She's yeah, the one she's that the does, one does uh... it. Oh great. How did you find out about
4: right. it? She's a poet as well. She's a well-written poet, author, um, activist for, for women empowerment, all of that. So mm-hmm. she reached out to me, and I shared some information with her about my poems. She included them in an anthology. She liked everything so well, she just asked me if I was ready to publish my own book. And <laughs> so we did that, and um, it was her idea to push it and, and have um, autographed copies sold. So, so we do have it on her website, but she even shared with me at that point that that traffic, it drives um, business to her website, but I could actually sell the book on my own. So she was like, you know, just order some books, have them um, with yourself. And if people want a book, you know, send it to them directly from me. So that's what I do. That's beautiful. Well. Yeah. That's
0: beautiful. And I just mm-hmm. want to tell, make sure I tell our audience, get yourself a copy of that at girlme2.com, And that's an autographed copy yeah. as well, right? You autographed yes, them? Yes, they sure can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And your mom was one of your biggest supporters going back when you were little, right? Writing poetry and expressing yourself that way? He still is. He still
4: is. That's that's my mom. It's not going to (laughs) change. Biggest fan ever. Loyal. (laughs) Long-standing. Yeah, yeah. That's nice.
0: That's my mom. Yeah. So you're in Houston. You were were born in Houston. How did you come out to Oakland?
4: I was born in Houston, um, grew up in the Bay Area, and now I'm in Fort Worth, Texas.
0: Oh, sorry. You're in Fort Worth, Texas. I forgot. Sorry about that. Yeah, yeah.
4: I know that. Okay, Um, they throw us all together.
0: But but how did you wind up in Oakland? How did you wind up in Oakland back then?
4: My mom decided to come and visit, or go at this point, visit family in the Bay Area um, during the time that she decided to divorce my dad. So it was because I was becoming a child of divorce, and Mm -hmm. he was leaving my (laughs) <laughs> she packed us up in her station wagon and drove us out to uh, the West Coast. So we ended up staying. Um, I grew up there. Oh, my goodness. I We arrived there when I was six.
2: Okay. I think my
4: younger brother was three and the other my baby brother was two. And nice. so, yeah, we I stayed until I was like 36,
0: 37. Did you meet? Moved back to <laughs> Did you meet the other ladies that wound up being part of your crew at a young age, or was that um, when you were older when you started going to the Silks Club, dancing and stuff like that? When did you meet like terrible like uh, Tabitha?
4: I think I think that's the same age. Young is it's not it wasn't really old, but I wasn't a teenager. I met them when I was about uh, oh twenty two. Oh, got 22, you. 23? Yeah, so I was young. I mean, I still consider that kind of a baby for the most part yeah. um, in today's times, I know they try to push us out the crib early into <laughs> adulthood, but I was um, i was a single mom. I was a, a guess what you call a young mom at that time. I, I had my oldest son by then, but I didn't meet them at SILT. I met them um, in different places. So I met Hannah via SILT, but I met Lil P at the Army base. I think Uh it was in Alameda, and then I met um, Terrible T um, at the dance studio where we were rehearsing. One of um, Hammer's friends and uh, security person knew uh, Terrible T, and he had kept telling Hammer about her, so he brought her to the studio where we were rehearsing. Oh, so that's how I met
0: dance. Oh, yeah. Okay, so that it's that deep. Okay, so what I'm trying to what I was trying to get to, uh, maybe go back a little bit. Then is where you get uh-huh. your dance your dance training from. Did you dance in school, even like junior high school, high school? Part of any dance troupes or clubs, or how did you get I so good at dancing?
4: Danced, I have literally danced my entire life <laughs>
0: since I
4: knew what moving and dancing was. I've been dancing. I started at home. With my mom and dad, um, wanting to show me, uh, to their family members and friends, you know, family we hang out, right? And so it's you know, come out and dance. Um, and then from there, it was just club dancing, I just learned how to dance, uh, whatever the popular dance was, right? The only, um, what do you call it, real training, I guess, uh, formal training was in high school. I took a couple of uh classes, modern jazz, tap dance, like that,
2: mm-hmm. uh, okay, yeah. not
4: really ballet. And, and I was a cheerleader, but dance—it's—it's it's a part of me. It's just what I do. And just to say, uh, show you how much a part of me it is, I can literally get up in the morning and come make my coffee. And before I've even put the coffee grinds or the ground coffee in the filter, I'm dancing. Wow, <laughs> like that? I just break out a It's a clue. No, I don't know what it is, but I had to. I posted it on Facebook the other day because it just dawned on me. I was like, what is this? It took me 10 minutes to make coffee. Wow. Because I came in here, I cleaned the carafe, (laughs) and so I'm dancing as I took the carafe to the sink and rinsed it out. I'm dancing on the way back. And then I had to put the filter in there. So I had to, I'm dancing while I'm taking the filter out. (laughs) It was like, and so I sat here, I was like, you are kidding me. It's like 10 minutes later for coffee? Come on now. But I, I, I do it all the time. So it's just in me. You know what I mean? So, And I love it. I love it.
0: You must have trouble getting the kids to school on time sometimes with like that. But you must. These be...
4: boys? No. It's virtual right now. They can get themselves up. Oh, up. right,
0: right. It's all virtual, <laughs> right.
4: It's, it's not a problem. <laughs> it's not a problem. Yeah, but that coffee thing just had me kind of tripping the other day. That was last week. I was like, what is my problem here? And then I noticed that I do it all the time. Like that day, it just kinda of seemed like it was weird. Yeah. But yeah, this morning it was the same thing. I'm I'm do- I was like, what is it? So it's just something that I do. I just yeah, I'm just dancing. No music is playing. Right. I don't right. have on Spotify. I don't have on Pandora. Gotcha. I'm just breaking out as well. Like, hey, Ken, you're
0: okay, just doing it. You just <laughs> hear it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right. <laughs> just do it. Oh, yeah. Hey, so what was that scene like then? Uh, talking about uh silks. Um Like, you said you met Hammer there. So what does that mean? Just people Mm -hmm. around dancing, you kind of start clicking together? Or, like, how does that formulate? I'm trying to get a vibe for how this is put together. Was he doing music at the time or was just a dancer? He was
4: doing... No, he was doing music at the time. Um, He was trying to really get his feet wet as an artist and a performer and an entertainer. So he was already doing something. He already had the album, um, Feel My Power, right the feel Excuse my power if i'm not mistaken or it could have been the holy ghost boy i can't remember but he already had an album mm. gotcha and so silk was just the place to go and i say that because that was a place i loved being mm-hmm. i love silk there were other clubs i think it was the palladium i right. can't think of all yeah. of them but i know he we went to san francisco to a couple of clubs some of them i just i didn't feel that vibe and san francisco was just not my spot but mm-hmm. I knew it was hot for dance um, dance clubs and people who love to dance. So Silks was my spot. We were always there. Yeah. We would go and get in as soon as we could, stand in that long line, and then we would stay until the sun came up. That was mm-hmm. just our MO. Um, and Damn. so one night hammer was there and the cabbage patch was a new dance. I had just learned how to do it. Uh, my yeah. friend Mark Paul. Yeah, my yeah. Friend Mark Paul, who I went to um, high school went with. I went to uh Holy names. He went to St. Mary's. Uh, But he always, you know, kicked it with me. So we learned the Cabbage Patch together and the Smurf and all that stuff. Right, And then I ended up going to, uh, the Smurf was dope. Oh, my God. (laughs) So anyway, uh, we went back to, um, I went to the club one night with a couple of my girlfriends. um, And we just were hanging out. And I saw Hammer and Ace just dancing but they had a whole bunch of people watching them because they were just killing the cabbage patch and they just right. had a way of doing freestyle they just they just killed it mm-hmm. so i um i told my friends i was like that's how i want to do the cabbage patch i was like he's just doing something totally different with it and so the um club was over everybody's leaving and we followed him uh to the gas station right up the street from silks um, in Emoryville and I decided to approach him and I just said can you teach me how to do the Cavett's pack?"
0: Um, you followed so him like, to the gas station you followed him to the gas station <laughs> by Denny's do we have to really just
4: say that <laughs> how many times I was not stalking him
1: <laughs> this must be by the
0: Denny's
4: <laughs> yeah I was not stalking him but yeah right um, it was just <laughs> I heard that but you're right uh, but it was one of those things where I felt like I needed to ask him to show me how to do it. I just wanted to say something. You were to him. inspired, yeah. And so I was, and my friends were like, "Are you going to go?" And I was like, "No, let's not. After let's follow him." So we followed him, and then I went and introduced myself, and he was like, "Of course, he thinks I'm trying to flirt." And, oh my um, god! He's like, "Oh, is that really what you want?" I was like, "Yeah, just show me, you know, how to do the cabbage sex." And he was like, "Okay." So we exchanged phone numbers, and he told me to meet him back there um, in a, another couple of weeks, or he would reach out to me. So he did. it was, He reached out to me in a couple of weeks, and we went back. And we were literally just hanging out. It was just about the dance. And yeah. so we would just tear that dance floor up, We, you know, just <laughs> out there. And that's how people did it back then. That's what I remember is that when you went to a club for that purpose, I loved Silks because they had three levels. Mm-hmm. And so you could go to each level and just listen to a different type of music right. and get your dance on. So right. I love that. But yeah, we, um, we worked at dance floor that night and then, um, we decided to get something to drink and we didn't drink. So it was like Sprite or something, water or whatever. And so while sitting at the bar, he asked myself and my other friend, Carla, um, if we wanted to be in a video and that's literally how everything started for us. We were excited, myself and Carla, we were excited because we thought that being in a video meant that we were just going to be cute,
2: you Mm -hmm. know, Um,
4: wear a cute outfit, be the cute girl, you know, whatever, Uh Um, and nothing major, but apparently and obviously, and now to, you know, what we know about Hammer's um, concept, he had something totally different in mind. So it was not about us being cute girls. He wanted us to be the backup dancers to his whole Mm -hmm. show. Yeah, so we started rehearsing first.
0: When did you figure out the like how did you feel when you started realizing wow this is kind of more than just being cute like you must have felt really excited like the, <laughs> you, the possibilities um, you must have felt hyped up or you just kind of go, what what do you remember how you felt uh, back then?
4: No, we weren't we weren't hyped up, we were confused. Really, uh, We were frustrated. Yes, we were confused. We were frustrated. We didn't understand. We didn't know why are we rehearsing if we're just going to be cute girls. Mm-hmm. See, He never, ever told us until we started asking questions like, why are we practicing? Why are we learning this choreography? Why are we creating choreography? It was like, this is not what we expected. Really? You know, he started. Yeah, no, we didn't. We were not excited about that initially. Yeah. Uh. No. No, it wasn't like immediate excitement. It was like, okay, we're going to go meet him and see what this video thing is about. And then you have to realize videos were new, okay? Mm -hmm. So all we knew is what we saw. We never understood what went into making a video. But we never felt like um, in making a video that you start rehearsing your dances or creating choreography. It's like, why when we're just going to have to be cute? You right. know what I'm saying? So when you don't explain to a person the concept of your video or the ideas that you have for your whole show presentation, you just say well, will show up and practice, and we're like, what right. is this about? You know, so what are we doing? <laughs> so yeah, it became like, um, do we have to keep showing up? Because we were really showing up out of good faith, right? Like, okay, he wants to practice. Okay, well, let's see what this is about. So it was kind of a um, a, co- a confusing time. We felt good about. Being involved, but then we didn't know why we should continue to feel good or why should we keep coming to practice or and then when we saw that it was going to be something continuous um, and permanent, then we were like, we should be getting paid. You know what I mean? Mm. And we were not getting paid. So there was just a lot that was just assumed on his part as far as we were concerned. So we did have to sit down and have a conversation and figure out what his whole intention was. Yeah, so when he finally you know, answered those questions, we were like, oh, okay, we could do this. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Interesting,
0: because yeah. I, I wasn't, um, I guess I was imagining just kind of my own mind. I knew you had problems with getting paid and stuff as things developed, but I didn't realize even early, like from the very top, the inception of what you all were doing, you guys were frustrated and weren't kind uh, sure about what was going on. Um, t- tell me about, um, I read a quote that you had one time where you learned from Hammer how to build a dance. What does it mean to build a dance? Um, for example, you have a well, song, it, does it go with like, you know, the verse chorus, kind of like you're you're following right, this? Right, yeah. right,
4: right, right. There's a format to creating choreography to a song. Mm. So you have freestyle, which is you're just dancing to the song. It's right. Just, It's on and you're going for it. Um, Cheerleading is kind of the same thing. You're Mm going to have the counts that you have to follow. Mm -hmm. um, But the focus is the cheer. What move are we doing? What are we saying? And then we want to make these moves crisp. For Hammer, what he did, he took the content, the lyrics of the song, and then the musicality of the song and put those two together. What's happening at this chorus? What is the music doing? And what am I saying lyrically? And then we built on that so that we're not just dancing um, per se, but we're telling a story. Mm. You're telling a story right along with the song. So, um, let's get it started. It's perfect. Yeah, let's get it started. It's perfect. Um, Where you're just like on that accent, we jump. And when you hit dun dun, Mm -hmm. then you come down and you do your freestyle. Dun dun. dun, We Ah. jump every single time. Mm. And then you do your freestyle. Dun dun. And then when it says, my beat is ever booming. You doing the cabbage patch. We come back uh-huh. in formation and let's get it started. Uh-uh-uh. So you see what I'm saying? Right. So we did that, you know, um, uh, I can't think of the, um, I can't think of it, but there's just the way that he took whatever was being said um, in the rap and then made it part of the dance where you're actually telling the story. It's almost like sign language.
2: Right. Rhythmic fine language. It's like
4: that. Yeah. yeah. Ballet is similar to that, but but ballet flows so uh-huh. you don't see accented moves to the yeah. rhythm of the music base they use. Mm-hmm. But right. or hip hop, it became accents of when that drum beat hit hit or right. you know, there was a, a Something like that, you know, and so you made, you played on that.
1: It'd be you cool to it. see you guys dancing from with a camera angle on your heads, you know, to see how all that moves now. Now that you oh, just explain yeah. that, now that you just explained yeah. that to me, I'm like, wow, that that's looks fascinating. You know what which, I mean? Yeah,
0: what she's saying yeah. about that's totally fascinating. Yeah. Um, yeah. I imagine it must have been one thing about the dance style, because I was watching all the old videos and really going back, um, it's just so high energy. It's like, oh my mm-hmm. God. Like I get, like an asthma attack, just watching the videos. Like <laughs> it, it must have been, it must have been just sweaty. And you said those rehears those days were long, like six hours, ten hours after people getting off work, right? Easy, easy, easy.
4: Yeah, we could show up at rehearsal at two, three o'clock in the afternoon and might not get done until midnight. So it was oh my lord! Be- no, seriously, these rehearsals were long. Um, you must have been mad. Um. And once we understood what was expected, then yeah, we were okay, but you're still doing a lot and committing a lot, uh, committing to it a lot and you're not getting paid. You know what I'm saying? Mm, so that right. makes you feel some type of way. But at the same time, we'd always said, yes, let's do it. Let's see where it goes. You know what I mean? So, um, it was just a very interesting learning experience. <laughs>
2: <I just think laughs>
4: now I've learned now to kind of ask a few more questions. Right. before I say yes. You know mm. what I mean? Because now I want to know what's going to be required of me if I'm saying yes to your event. What exactly do you expect mm. and what do you need? And is that something I really want to say yes to? And you that's, know what I'm saying? That's good advice so, to
0: everybody out there. I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And what, yeah. So what's the what juncture, how long were you all, when did you get part of like the touring scene and how long was it before he decided to make you all into a rap group because you were part of the, um, when, when did you b- become part of the touring act? Was it soon after the video?
4: We were always, no, we were always part of the touring act. Um, Hammer, we started touring around the Bay as mm. MC Hammer and the Posse. So that was first off. And then the right. video. Then the video, um, the video. got you. started, Yeah, and then we went and did um, Pump It Up in L.A., um, turn This Mother Out, all of that. So we were always part of his show in the beginning. When you talk about MC Hammer and how he started MC Hammer and the Posse, yep. that mm-hmm. is the original core group that got all of the hype uh, going. So we helped to grow that um, energy into MC Hammer and the Posse with now Ho, Fred Ho, with the guys that are known as Ho, Fred Ho. And then we moved that from MC Hammer and the Posse to MC Hammer and count Three Five Seven. Right. Um, Ho Fred Ho is now a group. Mm-hmm. And you've got Ace Juice, you've got Two Big NC, and now he's hiring other dancers to now do what we did. And we had to teach them the choreography as they came in. Uh, wow. So that, that segue was, he was trying to make it as seamless as possible, but you just have a lot going on because now he's creating a different um, show presentation with new dancers. Now we're having to build a show for Town 357, and Ho, Fred Ho, who are now our dancers.
1: Wow. i yep, Yeah, yeah. So, I do.
4: yeah, we had to make a, it was a big transition um, pretty quickly, but his decision to produce a female group um, was pretty early on when he started having conversations with Capitol Records for his record deal, the name he already had, which was Oatown's 357, and apparently he was auditioning, you know, some young ladies who he was going to use that name for?
2: Right. Do
4: you see what I'm saying? Yep. Um, and he heard Lil P messing around uh, with the the Salt and Pepper song "Tramp." She was doing it in rehearsals on the mic, just playing around. Right. But her voice, her attitude, the whole nine yards, caught his attention. He was like, "Oh, you know, she's got something I can work with." And so he approached her just about being a solo artist, and she didn't want to do it. She said, "The only way she would even..." consider doing that as if myself um, and Terrible T did it with her. Uh-huh.
2: So now
4: he's got an in-house group. He's got three girls, which he wanted, you know, um, female group. Um, we already know how to dance. We already have a look that he likes. So let's create a sound, you know, for them. And that's how that happens.
0: And then, how did That's you feel awesome. about that change? Were you hyped up about that, or were you still kind of scratching your head? How did you feel about getting on the mic?
4: Um, I was hyped up about that because I'm like, wow, this is interesting. Like, I, you know, I come from um, the uh, era of uh, who is it? Grand Central Station? Yeah. I want to say yes. Yeah, Grand Central Station. What, what? Um, function. Uh it's, it's so many I cannot think of right now. But just right. cameo yeah. listening to their sound and That's listening to that music. So I'm gonna go back to Graham Central Station. Yeah. Chocolate is my cousin. We're ah. related. And so she would take me to the studio with them. I got to see them, you know, recording wow. and, and nice. do their thing in the studio. She was always at my house with the group, you know, Larry Graham and oh. you know, their friends visiting. Uh, my mom's home and stuff. So I was around that. I mean, I, I literally got to hang out with them. So when I, when you talk about going into the studio and recording, I'm intimidated because I'm like, wait, I've seen people do this. This is no joke. You
2: know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, and
4: right. then I saw Hammer do his um, album, which is no joke to get into the studio and record. There's a lot on, um, that you have to really step up to. So yep. we were a little, we were very curious. We were excited. We wanted to do it were motivated but we just didn't know you know where it was going to go what was going to happen but I knew by saying yes to this this was going to be another one that I needed to see what was going to be expected (laughs) Um, so we got in there and we just had a lot of fun he was like okay let's write a song about this or he would have an idea for a song and he would do the lyrics and so we did Juicy and I'm not sure what else we wrote Um, it's not coming to me right now but
0: Juicy was big yeah yeah
4: yeah 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 and um Straight at You yeah I love that oh where yeah so there there's a lot and we like it Wild and Loose hey, um, uh, so there was a lot that we contributed hold, to with that album Go ahead.
0: nice man I was gonna say hold that thought since you say that let's listen to that I love the remix of We Like It Wild from Wild and Loose. Loose let's rock some of that and we'll talk to Sweet LD after Ho! oh my god see this is some of that fast dancing Jay Stone yeah I'm already getting asthma attack
4: Don't pass out over there now, okay?
0: These sections in the videos are just going crazy, right? Yeah, jumping and
3: dancing.
0: Wow. <laughs> 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 hey, what does it mean when you say you got rig, sweet LD? You used to say that guys to each other, you got the rig or something like that. <laughs>
4: Rig means that you look lethargic or tired, you lack energy, you know, you were just done.
0: Like rigor mortis,
4: yeah, right? Exactly, <laughs> like rigor mortis, you're done. So you, yeah. got,
0: you guys used to like cut on each other, keep each other in line, you know, if somebody's getting tired, is that, that was the idea?
4: Well, we really didn't say it to each other um, during the show. Right. But Hammer was um, able to have our shows uh, filmed. Oh. And so we would watch the videos after the show on the tour bus. And we would all sit there and watch. And so we would even say to to each other as we watched, it was like, right there I had rig, I was, I was tired. Something yeah. like that. Right. <laughs> 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 or... He would call somebody out and say, Ah, he was like he'd be like little P you look like you was hella she got rigged like we would just do that, you know. So <laughs> it wasn't purposeful, but you could recognize how the energy would ebb and flow in a show, you know what I mean? Right. And so yeah, we would tease each other and then we would be able to watch the show and see how we needed to improve. Uh-huh. You know, if there was some other move we wanted to do or anything, yeah, we'd be able to do that.
0: Nice. Were you happy to watch the videotapes or did they, he make you watch the videotapes? And like, how did that work? Oh, no,
4: we were fine with it. Yeah, we were fine. We would watch it if we wanted to. If not, you know, if it was something we needed to see and we weren't watching it, he would call us, like, check this out. Uh, you know, maybe you guys could do this. Or I'm going to, he would say he's going to change something for herself, or he's going to change the order of the show. You know, so, so it was very inclusive. It wasn't like we were forced to or, you know, just felt averse to it. No, we were fine with it
0: how um yeah. let's talk more about how the actual music was built in the studio um how long would mm-hmm. you all spend working on stuff recording stuff like was it like rigorous with like lots and lots of takes or is like you like to do it quickly to get the energy what was like the strategy for recording vocals and stuff in the studio doing the music all that stuff
4: all of it is part of it um it depends on how much, one, how much studio time you have, <laughs> <laughs> okay. what, you, what you paid for. That's number one. Um, and number two, what is it that you needed to get done? So what song, right. you know, if the song had already been previously set up and most of it was done, maybe you just needed some ad lib. excuse me, or maybe you just needed, you know, a little bit more attitude on a certain lyric or something like that. So it just depends on what needed to be done um in studio time it is no set time whatsoever unless you pay for two hours and that's all you get but if you're there and you pay for the day you are literally there until it gets done you know what i mean so we could be recording a song um and see that the words don't fit you need to change it or something right too many syllables that yeah too many syllables not enough syllables um maybe not the right inflection or tone you know, right. something or you could be saying it and you crack. I used to have a lot of voice vocal cracks in my voice. <laughs> so, um, you know, that kind of thing. And then sometimes I feel like my voice is deeper. So I would have to bring it up. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Not be as throaty, I guess. I feel like it's just deep, but it could it could be just me. But um we would have to work on all of that. So again, we're new to being in the studio. Um this is new for a lot of people. I don't care if you have a natural ability to rap or recite poetry or whatever. Being in a studio is an experience. It's totally different once you put that mic on, the right. headphones on, and then you have people in there. So it's a lot to overcome. So it could take all day. It it's, could take all, literally. You could get there at 10
0: in the morning and be
4: there till 2 in the morning. <laughs> be, it's easy. Right. Yeah.
0: Would, um... um would Hammer keep a close eye on things, like even for those sessions, or who who was uh, producing those? By the way, I'm trying to remember. Um, was it a bunch of different? It was
4: James Early, uh-huh. James Early, Felton Pilot, and MC Hammer. They were always there in the studio, and then we had the DJs, um, DJ Redeen and Long Mixer. And Too big MC, he was there, of course. Uh, Dante, um, anybody that may get on the album for a uh, filler, you know, you got the crowd cheering, so yeah, yeah, back doing the cheers, stuff <laughs> like that. So yeah, you know, we had all of that going on. So you, you know, it was really just a core group of people, and that was usually the core group. Too. You didn't have a lot of people in there for a couple of reasons. You didn't want distractions. too. it was very small, and it got hot real fast. Right. Know? So like, you don't need a bunch of people in here. Just lounging around, sucking up air. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah. like the whole crew. Like you all were just ready to work. Like that's kind of your strategy. Just like get to work, get it done. But it sounds fun too. Just high energy, man.
4: It it was fun. It was intimidating. It was overwhelming. It was a learning experience. And yes, we were ready to work. And I can give. I can commend everybody that came in the way we came in by sheer invitation from uh, Hammer and looking at not really knowing his complete vision, but just being willing to contribute to that the way we did, like 100% um, blights and all, confusion and all, (laughs) not getting paid, every ounce of that. I can commend everybody that came in on that and helped him um, build the movement that he built.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm really trying to understand not getting paid, I mean, this thing, I just remember we were talking earlier, me and Jay, it was such a huge, like, MC Hammer owned the world for a couple of years there. Like, he was just everywhere you went. So, it's, I know you all came up in, like, kind of informal way, but when did you sit down? Did you ever wind up getting paid for something, or were you, I don't, like, why were you not getting paid? Did they think, like, it, it was just an honor for you guys to well, be there, or what? I mean... Your time was valuable, right?
4: You have to... The time is valuable, but, but you have to look at it like this. This is something new to every single person mm. that's involved in it. We're not familiar with the music industry. We're not paid dancers. Mm-hmm. so we don't know um, until later that um, there is a union, and I believe that came later, for dancers, uh, for backup right, dancers. Right, um, Contractually, yeah, they, they're not supposed to be on a video set unless you know, uh, they've been paid and there's a certain amount they're supposed to get paid for hours. So I think these things were in the works um before we actually came up or after I should say after we actually came up. But what I'm saying by not getting paid by not being compensated yeah. is that just for your time, let me give you some gas money. You know what I'm saying? Let <laughs> right, me right. say for your time today, let me give you twenty dollars or something like that. Um, when we committed to do it, no, there was no uh, real compensation. There was no discussion of it until we brought it up. Like, bro, we coming out here, you know, like, there's no gas money coming our way. There's no this, that, and other. And you have to also look at, he's trying to break into the industry. So everything he's doing is coming out of his pocket.
0: Right. And he's got a
4: family to take care of. He's got a mortgage to pay. He's got gas for his car. He's working. So it's like, how are you now going to really pay eight, seven, or eight other people to come out and rehearse? you know, so it it was, it was like a good faith thing, but I think the only thing that caused, um, I know that what caused the detention is that there is no compensation, but you're expecting a lot of us, and you have not had a necessary conversation to say, hey, I'm, you know, I need y'all to commit for this six, seven months, or whatever, this is what it's going to entail, and so I think it was just new to everybody, you know what I'm saying, but because of, you know, lack of communication, certain dynamics, when you're asking a lot of people, you're demanding a lot of people and there's, um, you know, not, um, a lot of compassion, but that too. right. Then people become a little disgruntled, like bruh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's bad for morale. The reality. Yeah. The reality of it is, is that we just really had to be, we had to say, okay, this is what he's asking. Can we do it? And we had to do it as individuals. Individually, we had to be accountable for our own decisions um, if, if we wanted to stay and contribute and build and see where it went. But, you know, after being involved for three, four months, now we're in the studio and, you know, we're doing local shows at schools and auditoriums and stuff on right. the radio. Right. Like, OK, we've done it. Let's just stay and see. You know, let's hash it out. So that was my take on it. I've invested a lot in this now. So. So, I'm not trying to just walk away. Let me see what happens.
2: Right. Know? And then right. he
4: explained what his vision was and that eventually he would be able to pay us. We would all be able to make money and uh, you know, get houses for our families and take care of our children. I was the only one that had a child at the time. So, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things he made um attractive to us. And so that made us stick around.
0: Right. And that that's such a yeah. um that's such an interesting kind of dynamic you're talking about because you want to see it through you're having a you're seeing some some kind of light at the end of a tunnel here like it's, it seems like this right. is really going somewhere but at the same time you're like am I getting taken care of or is this you know I'm, you're putting so much into you, you wish you're getting more out but at the same time you understand mm-hmm. he's got his responsibilities yeah I understand it's, mm-hmm. it's a real struggle yeah I got you yeah.
4: oh it is it's a struggle I mean I know he has his responsibilities I know he's got his family and so and so, forth. I got mine too. You know mm-hmm. what I'm right, I got a right. son. My mom wants to know where I am because she's babysitting my son. Right. My brothers are asking questions. People's right. families were like, "Hey, what are going out here to do this." Right. Yeah, who is this? Gu- who is this dude, and what are y'all doing? <laughs> right. uh, what's going on? Okay, so I don't know no MC Hammer. What that mean to me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you going out there on fumes? You catching the Bart out there? Y'all out there till eleven and twelve o'clock at night? MC who coming in the house and. <laughs> Yeah, and see who and what. I don't care about no hammer. You know what I'm saying? So we, we went through all kinds of, you know, jokes and people looking at us like, what are y'all doing? What is this about? Who right, is Right, this? right,
0: right. Yeah. You
4: know, he sure is asking a lot. And we were having to calm ourselves down so we can calm our family down and continue to go out here.
0: Mm-hmm. You wow. know what I mean? Wow, so yeah. It
4: was a constant, um, what do you call that, balancing act. Yep. Um yeah, because you're definitely kind of looking at him sideways like, dude, um, <laughs> you said being a video. I don't know what this <laughs> rehearsal stuff is about, you know what Right, you, right, right. You lived in, in Oakland
1: Minnesota. at the time?
4: I did, yes. I, I lived in, uh, no, I take that back. I lived in Hayward with okay. my mom.
1: Okay, and where would he live? Yeah. Where was he living at?
4: Hammer was in Fremont, and that's where oh, we were okay. rehearsing.
1: so you'd take Bart yeah. maybe in... And- Whatnot.
4: We took Bart, and then when Carla was part of it, before Bart was even an issue, she would drive us out, myself, and okay. um, she would drive us out there uh, to rehearsal. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, man. you're That do- is a commitment. <laughs>
4: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it was
0: a lot, so, by, yeah. By the way, for all our listeners... Uh, Bart, that's our local like subway system. Bart, everybody knows Bart out here Bay in the Bay Area. Bay Area
4: Rapid Transit. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, yes. One thing I love listening to that last song, mm. Wild and Loose. I love just hearing all those old break beats coming in and out. You don't hear that kind of hip hop anymore. Another thing I love with the song, a Straight at You. There's a little bit of that diss action, which I love. Uh, it's good. It's yeah. good to hear that old fashioned stuff whose idea was to throw some shots out at like uh JJ fads? I heard salt and pepper got a little shrapnel on there. <laughs> what is that kind of like Well, part- yeah.
4: It it was um the song really in reality was a diss to JJ Fad,
0: Right. And we
4: were saying to them that you know, you guys uh wish they were we met them, and they were very disrespectful. And I just have to say this to Where did you uh, meet them? Myself.
0: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Um,
4: I, yeah, I can't remember where it was. It was a show or something where we met them, and we were introduced, and they were just very um, dismissive. Mm-hmm. That's the word. They were very uh-huh. dismissive and just, you know, as if they didn't have time. So I was going to say to myself, for myself, yeah. T and little Pete, I am the, the kumbaya person.
0: Right And
4: Phyllis is like, hey, yo, what's up? You know, she's like the homegirl. And then Terrible T is like, not today. (laughs) (laughs) is like, (laughs) not today. So it's it's a little interesting how you would meet the three of us, because if you see me in in, in Lil' T first, you would think, you know, we are the ones that you could just be like, oh, they ain't about nothing. But Terrible T coming behind us, she will let you know. Don't get it twisted. Now, they nice. <laughs> and y'all can, you know what I'm saying, we can right. all get, get with you. So this was just an interaction like, oh, my God, this is JJ Fab. These are also females out here doing what we're doing. You know, let's go speak. And they were just like, they didn't have time. So Straight wow. At You was uh, a diss to them. And in that, we said salt and pepper will put you in check. Not that we... Would put Salt and Pepper in check. Ah, got it. It, it They will.
0: They will put,
4: will, W I L L, will put JJ Fad in check. And Roxanne will tell you, Roxanne Shantae (laughs) will tell you to have a nice day. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like you can't be dismissive to other females in this industry because these ladies, Salt and Pepper, and Roxanne Shantae, Uh have reached a certain pinnacle. They could put y'all in check right you know what I'm saying that's what that was about so we were never dissing any other female okay
0: I'm glad we cleared that up I got that wrong I had a little fake news in there let's listen to a little clip of uh, Straight At You by the way since we're talking about a great video by the way (laughs) great video for this one too thank you thank you Ah, you
3: (laughs) I <laughs> the Related. your name is going plain now what does it mean? Jerks, jockers, jokes on the team. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, that was it. Yo, first grade, second grade, that was legit. If you
2: guys
3: you, we did
0: There was a moment where I guess you all went and performed on Os- Arsenio Hall's show. By the way, yeah. all of our listeners, that was another show that one, it once ruled the world. That was like the biggest show, the coolest talk show. Arsenio Hall this, exactly. Arsenio Hall that. He was the man. Yeah. That was the show to be on. So anyway, so Oaktown 357. Was it Oaktown 357 that performed there? Um, or was it Hammer? I can't remember. But I know you guys were confused because you got like a... Uh, a professional check payment for your appearance mm-hmm. and that got you mm-hmm. all scratching your head does that sound familiar this story <laughs> yes <laughs>
4: um it was mc hammer and the posse that performed and okay at the end at the end of it um hammer introduced us as old town three five seven he gave our names and then he introduces dj DJs. he introduced everybody um and then it was over and we went on to our dressing rooms to change clothes and so on and so forth so after we did that, then one of the production crew came and was handing out these envelopes, and so when we opened them, it was actually a check for performing on the show. It, they already had it made out. and had our names on there. Wow. The yard nice. And we were like, what? Right. <laughs> was like, what? You know, for five minutes? Are you kidding me? You right. know, so um, it just listen, it, it just really <laughs> set a tone for Lil P and for all of us because we were like, okay, if we got paid by Arsenio Hall, then we know we should be getting paid on the regular for what we do. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Right. And so I think at that point, we had done some shows around the bay. Like I said, we had done auditorium um, shows, some shows at schools, we had been on the radio, stuff like that. So things were happening, but we just did not see the compensation to reflect all mm. the things that were happening. So we were still kind of feeling some type of way. Um, so when we got that check, excuse me, that was enough for Phyllis to be like, okay, I'm out. Bill P, Phyllis Charles is Bill Pete. Mm-hmm. And, um, she left. That was, you know, enough for her. Um, and, um, so that was, that was, that was the felt, incident. Like, she
0: left, she left right after that.
4: She left right after that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was the thought process behind, so you and Terrible T decided to stay what were you talking to each other about that where you arrived at that decision?
4: It was just an obligation. I felt like um I could understand why Loilfi left, but again, I just felt like I had invested so much energy, so much time. I had already committed a lot, I had already you know developed relationships with everybody in the organization. I wanted to see what was going to happen. I wanted to see it. I wanted to know that I could see it through, you know, so we talked and we we determined between the two of us that we would say say that was our decision and that we would work well enough together to make them change their minds about how they treated us. That was a whole goal is that if we continue to meet the things, um, um, to meet and surpass the goals and tasks that they had for us, that they would give us respect right so we decided to stay
0: yeah did other artists that were part of the posse did they struggle as well with that idea or is it just does that like a oaktown 357 uh, struggle did other artists in in hammer's crew were they also having tra- um, similar
4: i was i would venture to say yes i mm-hmm. don't know verbatim what their conversation with each other um as group members may have been i can't say that but i do know that we all struggled with that decision to continue to stay even though things may not have looked like what we thought they would look like or what we expected them to look like you know and often that's the case when something is a blessing um especially in your development as a character your character development as a person or artist or creative person expressing yourself or former, you know, when it's a, an environment that can be a blessing, you don't often see that process as, uh, favorable. You know what I mean? It's challenging. It's uncomfortable. Right. Um, it is disheartening. Sometimes it's frustrating. It's confusing. So sometimes we don't always see the benefit of it. Um, when we're in it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we 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 still felt overall, and I'm speaking from me and Terrible T from what I know and remember. Right. We still felt overall that some of those challenges and, and things that we ran into were not necessary to us being successful. We we I have to give it to Terrible T and myself, and and this is just from standing where I am today in 2021. I, we did the, the damn thing, period. If you, you gave did. Us, if you gave us something to do, and we took it with the knowledge that we had developed being with Hammer, and were left a lot of times to our own devices to create the look that we wanted, how our show would be, what right. costumes or outfits we wanted to wear. Mm. Man, you know, yes, we had designers that come came in and they gave us that flavor, and we had producers with their music, we had writers with their lyrics, and so on and so forth, but when you're given those tools and resources to use, and you put yourself in, there and you come up with these things, we can't give all that credit to MC Hayes. We can't. You know what I'm saying? And you shouldn't. We cannot. Right. No, and that's the thing. so when you separate that, not in a bad way, but just when you pull it apart and look at it, it's like we showed up. Yeah, we showed up. Number one, we did the work. We put, we invested in that in ourselves to show up and do the work and then we created something and shared it with everybody in this world and today they still look at us as um you know someone that changed the dynamic for women in hip-hop oh yeah at at that time yeah you know I, i just can't say that we did anything um that was wasted time you know or effort i can't say that
0: No, of course not. And you all come off, it's just so fun and like confident. I just love the material, like what y'all were doing. One thing I forgot uh, until I went back. As you all are on that song we're all on the same gang um yeah. a, that great uh, West Coast rap all-star <laughs> song I love that it's got a Tone yeah. Loc and Young MC uh Easy yeah. e with Hammer yeah. on there I love that tune J. J. Fett. Yeah yeah J- yeah yeah Heck yeah. Yeah. That was, that yeah was that's a great tune and you guys are just Ice so, is so on there. Yeah Ice T yeah, yeah yeah that's such a great tune that was like that's like a mm-hmm. rap we are the world man that's so cool uh, let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to a little clip of that. Let's <laughs> check that out. This is uh We're All in the Same Gang by the West Coast Rap gang, All-Stars. Let's we'll see how many brothers we The yeah. gang that you hang is the one that contains The sisters
3: and the brothers who are all in the same frame Of mine, unless you get loose, it's unity time Yeah, yeah, peace is a presence that we all need The future's in our hands and word indeed
5: I'm terrible
3: team and I'm sweet L D We're 357, totally
5: on the ad about a quarter to nine, all the homies getting blind in the eight ball line. Now on this tip, it started running at the lip. In the and took a little trip. Hit the box about twelve on the ticket. The windows went down and the knives went click. People started yelling, bodies started bailing Bullets go flying, sending something that hell in. It's gotta stop. We don't need all the violence. peace in the hood, and I'm on the silence.
0: We got the By the way, um, remember. Sweet LD has her book uh, *Conditional Truths*, and you can get yourself an autographed copy from girlme2.com. That's GirlMeToo.com. One thing I was interested in, I saw that you were talking about before in another interview, uh, Sweet LD, is um, you've you've met in recent, more recent years. You've talked to, hung out with, bonded with people like. Um, Roxanne Shantae, MC Light, uh, Lady of Rage, mm-hmm. Sheila E. But you were you were talking about. I was surprised to hear, um, like back in the day that we we're talking about when you were doing it, doing the damn thing. Like we were talking about, you weren't really allowed to interact with like other acts or other ladies out there in hip hop. Um, was that true? Did they keep like a tight ship with your y'all's entourage, or what was up with that?
4: They did. They kept a the tight ship. It was limited. Um accessibility, <laughs> limited interaction. Mm.
0: Um, I'm surprised to hear that.
4: Well, I mean, you know, it's a man's world in, in the hip-hop industry. And right. so when women are in it, there's a certain mentality where they feel like they have to control your movement. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, especially believe, back then. Yeah, Especially back then. I don't think that we were the only ones that experienced that. We may have been. But I do know that um, Hammer and Lewis wanted to definitely have a tight ship. So they just wanted to make sure they knew who we interacted with um, and um, made sure that it wasn't a lot of time conversing with people. So we didn't have, um, you know, it it just wasn't a big old, um, what do you call it, like sister's party where you get to meet other females. MCs in industry and y'all just chill and have a conversation and vibe. It wasn't like that. And even when they had mostly males on the tour or mostly males in the shows um, that we performed in different cities and states, you know, we might see them in passing backstage, you know, we might see them on the side of the stage watching another artist, but there was never like a whole lot of time where we could just kick it in the hotel lobby um, and just vibe with people. It wasn't like that.
0: Did you all ever try to rebel against that, or it wasn't even like you even of had that? Course.
4: <laughs> of course. Of <laughs> course. Of course. You know, that's just natural. Um, but it just didn't happen. I, I just, I remember this time we were in L.A., and we had just finished the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah video.
2: Mm-hmm. And
4: so <clears throat> we um, either heard, overheard, or saw that um, Hammer had an invitation to go hang out with um, Eddie Murphy, at his house. He was having whoa, a party. Whoa. And so Eddie pretty much had invited everybody. And so myself, Terrible T, um, Stacy, and Claudia, who were the other two girls in the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah video, we yeah. thought we were going. <laughs> and, you know, we went <laughs> right. back to the hotel, and we are trying to find something cute to wear, blah, blah, blah. That's food. when he Eddie Murphy we, was huge, had, too. We are going to Eddie Murphy's yeah. you know? <laughs> house. And so the, there's a knock at the door, and it's Hammer. And he want to come in and see what we doing. We was like, we bingy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's like, I need to talk to y'all. So he comes in. He's like, what y'all doing? And I swear to God, all four of us were looking at each other like, what are we going to say? <laughs> 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 you, know, um, you know, so we try to play it off. But we're, ca- we, we're playing it off very casual. we getting dressed, you know. And he already huh. knew. He already oh, knew. Oh, so can tell uh, yeah. by his posture. Yeah, he right. already knew. So he comes in and he was like, So what are y'all doing? We was like, um He's trying to get yeah, you to play that. yourself,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: and so he said, So where y'all going? It's like, Yeah, we're going to the party. He's like, Nah, y'all not going.
1: Like, oh. Yeah,
4: we go. And he's like, Nah, that ain't the kind of party y'all need to go to. Uh. So he's like, Nah, it's best for y'all not to go. So yeah, it was like he just immediately poured water on our little dreams and he was like, Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> wow. That's- you know what I'm saying? That's Eddie Murphy, bruh. You know what I'm saying? But Damn. To his, to his, to his, um, I guess to his defense, we were in uh, Minneapolis, and he knew how much I loved Prince, and so I had always said Prince was my husband, <laughs> and so when we went to Minneapolis, Hammer said, "Okay, I've set it up to where we can go meet Prince." Oh, he said, "I'm I'm gonna take you," and da da da. Now I, all of a sudden, I got an attitude. I don't even know why I had an attitude. But I'm like, I'm <laughs> not going. Oh, what? so he comes says, a, "Yes, I'm telling you, I was tripping." So he came to um my uh my hotel room. He knocks on the door, and I look out. I'm like, "Yes." He's like, "All right, now." He said, "The limo is downstairs. Are you going or not?" I'm like, "I don't know." He said, you got five minutes. I'm going to wait in the car. If you're not down in five minutes, I'm leaving. And I was like, whatever.
2: Aww, I bet uh, you I was
4: downstairs <laughs> in four minutes. <laughs> like, I threw on anything I could figure out, and I got downstairs. And um, he told me, he said, the reason why he gave me such a limited amount of time is because he knew I was slow. And so <laughs> he told me I had 30 minutes. I would take longer than that. He said, you got five minutes. Right. So I got down there, yeah, and we left, and he took me to meet friends.
0: Yes. Wow! What was tell us yes. about the meeting? Like, how did it go? Did you go to Paisley Park, or did, was that around? Yeah, at the that's
4: t- where we were going. We were going to Paisley Park. He gave us Prince met us. Oh my gosh, I still remember. But anyway, he gave <laughs> us a tour. We got to see a couple of the studios. Wow. One Where he had his piano set up, and uh-huh. you know, another studio, and then the other one where he had um, all of his clothing. Nice. designer work and right. so they have the Ooh. shoes and the material and, Ooh. Holes Ooh, and right. nine yards all of that so no. we got to see all of that this is Prince, this is Prince giving us this is actually Prince giving wow. me a Hammer um, the tour um, and then at some point now listen, it's a blur at this point. I don't remember nothing else <laughs> but literally um, when he introduced me to, uh, Prince Prince took my hand And he kissed it I
0: kid you not Ooh.
1: <laughs>
4: You must have been I On a cloud you nine not. You
1: probably did, still Don't wash that cloud hand
4: I 3570 <laughs> I was on the cloud so, I don't even know What else happened I don't know What anybody else said I don't know
0: Wow So that's where The story ends Because you don't even Know what happened Yeah because I
4: told him I told him I was like I don't care about Nothing else I don't care <laughs> Wow! I don't even want to go nowhere else. I'm just I'm good right now. Just I don't care. That's nice. hey, tar- tar- yeah. But he told me. He told me later. He Hammer said we hung out with him uh-huh. um, with Prince the rest of the day. He said he took us to a club, which I kind of remember that vaguely. Uh, he said for the most part, he told um, Hammer told me he said we hung out with him. He said I told him when um, we were coming out there that I wanted him to meet someone, and that if was anybody I wanted him to meet, it would be you because of your personality. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, that's how you got to go to Tasty Park." <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> wow. so, yeah, that's how all that happened. Yeah, it so was you, amazing. So you
0: really are Absolutely sweet. Absolutely amazing. I like, I like the part where he People told you. say that all the time. <laughs> People say that all the time. <laughs> so, I like the part where he told you what happened later. Like, he had to fill you in. That's funny. You kind of, like, blacked he did, out. <laughs> he did. He did.
4: Because I remember clearly. And Prince was wearing black. He had a Ooh. two-piece black outfit. Uh-huh. Yeah. Prince. And he was speaking about, this is the studio here, here, blah, blah, blah. And so it was, that was after we had met though, because you know, Hammer said, well, this is Sweet studio blah, 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 And he was like, a pleasure to meet you. And he took my hand <laughs> he kissed it. Ooh, and, nice. and I remember looking at Hammer, I was like, that's it, I'm good, I don't need to do nothing else. I don't need to go nowhere else. I'm good, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I this know. Is
0: it right here. Yeah, at <laughs> the, the pinnacle. All right. Talk to me about, um, mm-hmm. I'm interested in your experiences bonding with, meeting later people like Roxanne Chante and people like that. Uh, what do you think of other, you, your contemporaries in hip hop that you've, because you've done like uh, tours and stuff, haven't you? Like uh, cruises, like uh, Ladies Night Cruise or something like that. Um, perform, I did. I yeah. did
4: the... We, we did the um, Tom Joyner Cruise. Tom Joyner. Voyage. Fantastic Voyage, 2019,
0: right. 2019, and they had the Ladies'
4: Night, um, where they had all-female artists. That sounds uh, great. Hip-hop and R&B artists performing. Right. So it was, excuse me, um, Lady of Rage. Nice. Uh, MC Light. Adina Howard. 702. And is it Sunshine? Ooh. It's another one too, uh, Antoinette was there, and um, Sunshine, I think her name is Sunshine, forgive me if I get it messed up, but we were all on the ladies night for R&B and hip hop um, ladies night, and we were invited, Oatown 357 was invited by Lady Arrayed, and that was by way of meeting, uh, me meeting Lady Arrayed earlier, like around 2011 or 12, somewhere in there. A friend of mine here in Dallas-Fort Worth is a comedian, D. Ellis, um, Mr. Entertainment, and he had a show, a hip-hop show that he was putting on in North Carolina, and um, it had Dana Dane, uh, Lady of Rage, oh. myself, he was the MC, um, and gosh, it, it, it escapes me, who else? Um, oh, Big Daddy Kane, um, mm-hmm. and someone else was supposed to be there. but So he wanted to take me and just have me meet some of these people that we'd actually toured with, but I just hadn't seen them in over 20 years. And so when we got out there, that was my first time meeting Lady of Rage. And we clicked, He was, D. Ellis was so excited. You know, he had both the girls on the show that he just loved. My and then goodness. I got to perform a medley of three, five, seven songs, but just with the lyrics that I would have done in those songs. So I got to do that. And so Lady of Rage kept in touch with me. And when the cruise was coming up, she had been on a cruise several times with D. Ellis. And so she reached out because they said they wanted to bring Ladies Mike back. And she asked if we would be um, interested because they wanted some new, you know, female performers on there. Um, someone they hadn't had before. So we had the chance to do that. It was amazing. Um, and I got to see Lady Race all over again. thanked her. And we got to meet 702, which we hadn't met before. Antoinette, um, Adina Howard. We had met her at um, an, an award show. Uh, and the underground girls they hip out with shylee simpson so we had met her there and uh yeah it was just really amazing i think today being able to interact with them we're mature in a yeah. different way yeah whatever we may have gone through before or um
0: right that's what I was about
4: each other before mm-hmm. yeah it doesn't really matter now because we yeah. understand under what um and in what context some of those things were said and done. And so, yeah, we're definitely, we have a different perspective of hip hop, of females in hip hop and Mm -hmm. just our contribution to it. So it's no time for the little, you know, um, disagreements or what they wanted to say was a disagreement or a conflict or anything. It really Mm -hmm. was, we were not like that. That's the whole thing. We were not, you know? Um, So it was just really good to be able to interact with women in this industry um, that we didn't get a chance to meet or converse with before
0: yeah. I was I was wondering when you do when you perform together again these days do you go back and do you pick up some of those old choreograph moves or do you make new ones like how how does that work out because you got to bust the whole show. No,
4: right? if we were, no, no, no. If we were going to perform today with each other, yeah. we would try to stay as true to the original choreography as possible. Nice. As long as it's not something that's going to cause an injury to us now. Because you have to realize
2: we're
4: all over 50 and everybody's fitness level is different. You know right. what I mean? So you make a small adjustment here or there so you're not jumping up off the ground like you did before. But the move is still done. Right, the integrity of it is still there. So yeah, we would keep the original choreography because people want to see that. You know, heck yeah, so we that's, would
0: definitely do that. That's what I was wondering. You know, I really mm-hmm. like, and I thought it was very underrated, especially listening to it recently. I really like the the next album you guys did, the Fully Loaded album. Um, I love that album it's a great love album it. it's so good yeah. um, let's listen yeah, to one of them. oh yeah thank you let's listen to one of those songs and talk about that album some more on the other side I want to check out I know this is one of your favorite ones Honey Honey is yeah. a great tune <laughs> 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 yeah. let's check this out it's from 357 fully loaded song it's like it's more mature it's more lyrical you guys seem more confident what was going on before this time when this album came out were you getting more estranged from the crew were you guys pushing for more control Um, different producers like what what was going on or what's this I don't know the whole story behind this album of like how it came about and what happened
4: well I wouldn't say that we were becoming more estranged it's just that at this point Town 357 has made a name and has become um, more recognizable right. as a group. Um, and people, uh, specifically Capitol Records um, and our fans, wanted to see more of us. So you have that happening right. at the same time that Hammer's taking off. And then we're maturing. We're actually growing up. You know what I'm saying? Right. So uh, the tone... Changed because of that, and then we also had different producers. Uh, James Early was still there, very integral part okay. to it. Uh, it. Michael Kelly, um, Red Treasure Redmond and Terrence um, Davis. You know, we had different people that were coming in and contributing, and also uh, helping us write. And then we Hammer himself said, "This is your project."
0: Nice. So okay, you're
4: going to come up with the flow. You're going to come up with the the songs and you're going to come up with the lyrics. And so, yeah, we had a photo shoot and, you know, had some ideas for the photo shoot. We, uh, video treatment still were not totally our thing, but, um, with the content of it, if they said, this is a treatment, this is a story, then we wanted to make sure our choreography went along with that. Nice. And so, yeah, with honey, that was totally different. Um, we didn't expect to have, uh, that kind of, vibe to it yeah. per se. you know what I'm saying um, and they they did a, something a little different with it um, they they chose to uh, put it on it, they intended to put it on the Playboy channel that's something else again we didn't really uh, want to have happen <laughs> what, do you, what do
0: you mean so there was
4: there we are, didn't want it on the Playboy channel no, no, I, mean, I want my video on the Playboy no, channel no
0: I mean what do you mean they intended to like what do you mean they intended to put it on the Playboy channel the record label they or? wanted
4: it. The MC Hammer and Louis Burrell. I'm not sure who else made that decision. I don't think Capitol had anything to do with that, but again, we weren't always in those meetings when they discussed right. um, the direction of Oaktown 357, so I'm not sure that Capitol Records um, <clears throat> signed off on that, but I do know that it was part of um, whatever the Playboy Channel After Dark or something. Uh, yeah, you're um, you're
0: taking me back mentioning that. I remember that, like back in the eighties, Playboy yeah, Channel. something
4: like that. Well, it was part of that. That. Um, well, that playlist. sounds like, that sounds um, like
0: a pain point, like something that would be kind of annoying, right? You you don't want your music used for that, so. Um,
4: it was definitely a pain point because it wasn't something that um we considered. It wasn't something that we. It wasn't a decision that we made, in right. other words. It was not something I would have wanted to happen. So Honey was interesting. Honey was a... a, a I love the song. I love the attitude. I love the lyrics. I love that Marquette, um from Special Generation was singing on it. Um, I just love the lyrics. I even love the lyrics that Treasure Redmond yeah. you know, helped us come up with and, and the whole flow of it. Mm. But I just never intended it to be a part of playboy not that playboy is bad or anything but that's just not the direction
0: right that's not um, going that for. i
4: wanted to be associated with you understand what i'm saying right. so yeah but the whole album was about us maturing and saying whatever we wanted to say in a different way and presenting ourselves in a more classy way um with it's not your money and you know honey and then come back to me and turn right. it up the whole we just elevated the whole look of oh town 357 so i really appreciated that it wasn't that we were estranged and they were trying to separate because of, you know, contention and that is just that we had to really get in there and build ourselves in a different way. Um, and he gave us a pretty much complete autonomy to do
0: so. Our, uh, and much. you did a good job with it. Our, uh, our listeners, I want to recommend a hidden gem is uh, Google on, or look on YouTube, the video for turn it up. That's a great fun video. I mean, that looks so awesome. There's That's so amazing. much going on You and, and talk about mature, Um, You all are representing, I wanted to ask you, so about this album, the album before, it seems like you're all like dancers, like getting on the mic, but this one, it seems more like focused on the, uh, getting on the mic. What was the musical theory you and Terrible T were going for? Or why did it seem like you're getting more serious with like the, um, the cadences, the content of the lyrics? You said you guys were working with different producers. Like, what were you going for? What was your vision of 357?
5: It
4: goes to what you said. We were getting serious about our responsibility as Ocean Three Five Seven. It's not that we weren't before, right? But mm. you just understand the um, magnitude of it now. If we had and we did have the opportunity to go in the studio and write and record and then perform it, now that has set the foundation for us to take it to another level. So you don't want to come in with that same attitude um, and mentality that that you had before. Where you're a little bit unsure of yourself, but you're still going to do this to the best of your ability and make it happen. Now they're saying, you know, you guys did a great job. You can really do this. So not only did they believe in us, we were able to believe in ourselves just by doing that first project. So it's like, okay, well, now we can up, you know, um, take it up a notch. You well, know what I'm saying. What well, sounds it up like us. Let's push ourselves. Yeah. You know more, and um, let's see if we can pick subjects we want to talk about, which we did. Um, it was a lot going on at that time, and we just ran with it. You know, and again, it goes back to what I said before: if they give us anything,
0: right? That's what I was going to say. If somebody
4: says you give an inch, you mm-hmm. take a mile. We just we kept saying they're giving us this. We're going to meet it and surpass it, and we always did.
0: Nice. We always did. You sure did. And, uh, you know, I don't make coffee, but I do make smoothies. And my smoothie dancing song, when I start dancing, <laughs> I'll make my smoothie, is a song called That's Why We're Doing It. I love the song That's Why We're Doing It oh, off this it. album. Yeah, it's yay. so funky. Let's listen to a little bit of That's Why We're Doing It. Just picture me dancing with my smoothie. Here. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go.
3: Oh. Fine with your head, and I've got to waste for time because I get inside find your weak spot. You James, James Brown, who wants to once I get in, you might as well get up. You can't wait me out. I'm never gonna let up and sound too sweet now, does it? And if you're into pain, mm. well, then you're gonna love it. But if you're the average Jane it's gonna drive you insane and make sweet LD your most hated name. Can you by that? Scooch it like a man. I see a staring and you like a, like a head lift. I'll cut your head off and wear you like a new dress. Who's best? Yeah, you guess. Woo!
2: that's
1: hot. yeah
0: Little piano lick. <laughs> <laughs>
3: i'm calling you fool and you'll be calling me boss dropping like a smoke bomb your man wants some just keep running because you know you're not getting none stop begging i can't help it that i'm in demand if you don't want them strain, put a leash on me. stop jocking be yourself you can't be me you can't duplicate the queen to or ld when we die then we'll renounce our throne and three seven's sevens what'll be on our gravestone
0: Cooler than the other side of your pillow in the nighttime, Jay Stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, good God. Those are some lyrics in there. I love it. Um so, yeah. so Treasure Redman. Shout out <laughs> to Treasure Redman. Hell yeah, Treasure Redman. I love it. You guys yeah. <laughs> it's, delivering it so quick too. It's got that I love that cadence. It's he so great. It. Yeah. Totally yeah. killed it. So I'm um, so I'm wondering <laughs> about so around this time you guys you're just making really great music. So what mm-hmm. happened? The, the record label wasn't getting behind you. Uh, so what happened to the business uh, <laughs> at this juncture?
4: Um, you know what? To be honest, Ace, I am not sure of all the moving pieces that contributed to uh, Louis Burrell or NC Hammer deciding to release Oaktown 357 from Busted Records. Uh, again, I don't even know how we ended up on Busted from Capitol. But I think there was some disagreement, obviously, between the two
0: record labels. Um,
4: so Busted, that was <laughs> and, that
0: was hammered for everybody. Busted, that, that was hammered. Like, busted management. Yeah. yeah and that, that was, was, under, hammers, that was um, signed onto or became part of, not part of, but a subsidiary, I guess, kind of of Capitol Records, right? That was like the bigger... Right. So yeah.
4: Capital Records, right, right. So I'm not sure what ended up um, making that transition happen, but... Um, whatever started to 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 what all the pieces that came into play we don't they were not telling us a lot of stuff and that was just par for the course they did not share a lot of business with us they did not include us on meetings about the group and the direction that the group was going to go in how did you find out oh uh, they would just tell us they would literally just tell us okay this is what's going on this is what you guys got to do and boom you know okay mm-hmm. you have this uh what is it, um, radio session, go to the radio session. And you would go to the radio session, we do the interview, take pictures, sign autographs, and then next thing you know, you're in the car, you're going to the record pool. So you go to that record pool, you go in, you meet people, you sign autographs, take pictures, and then you're back in the car and you go to the next. And so it's always that kind of schedule. It was always that kind of,
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, let's do the promo, let's do the marketing, let's do, you know, um, soul train, all of these things, but it was never a conversation to sit down with us unless it was something to do. You know what? So, okay, you guys have a yeah. video. So your video is scheduled for this. This is the treatment. This yeah. is who's doing it. It's for this song. So y'all need your choreography and you know, you need to be ready. And that's pretty much it.
0: You know, yeah. I was gonna say one thing we notice a common theme when we interview people regardless of gender, but especially the women uh, musicians and stuff, is that there's a lot of confusion. There seems to be some kind of incentive on people who run music, like managers and producers, on keeping mm-hmm. their that talent confused all the time. Uh, Chocolate, mm-hmm. your cousin was talking about how she'd be confused about what Larry's oh. doing, or... Uh, we yeah. just we just talked to Shirley Hayden from P-Funk. She was talking about, she was kind of wondering about things, you know, at mm-hmm. the height of their career. Uh, it seems to be kind yeah. of like, a, it's very frustrating to hear um, in hindsight what you all were going through. You know, we we're watching the videos. We think you're on top of the world and everything's handled. You're getting those big checks. Mm-hmm. When I was watching mm-hmm. Yo! MTV Raps, I just figured everybody on it was living the life, you hey, know, that. living large, you know. Um, <laughs> so it's but. just, it's very eye-opening to hear this, especially... I don't know. It just seems like a, a lot of it, especially with the women in this industry, it seems like there's they try to keep you in the dark. Um, mm-hmm. It's bad for morale. It keeps you. The fr-
4: industry, the industry is very deceptive. Yeah, I don't know why those practices um, are still like here. I think that's the part that confuses me the most mm-hmm. because you don't have, you can't say that every artist is so hungry and so thirsty that they just accept whatever you give them. We cannot say that right? because I know from our experience, we, asked, asked, we were insistent and persistent about getting the contract that they wanted us to sign and understanding it and having our attorney, whoever we were able to get, sit down with us and explain it before we signed the contract mm. with capital records. Right. But the way that whole thing was handled, oh no. That, that whole thing was, it was just bizarre the way it was handled. And so it kind of gave, um, uh, I guess it just kind of opened the door to how everything else was going to be handled, which is without our complete knowledge. Right. Cause just, that yep. was just it. We're not going to tell them everything. We're not going to share everything with them. You know, they'll just know exactly what they need to know to do what they need to do and get that done. And then we'll go on to the next thing. So, yeah, we didn't know that the company or companies were having issues with Capitol Records. We did not know they, they were severing ties with each other. We didn't know that there was supposedly infighting with Lewis and Hammer. We didn't know any of those things.
2: Mm. Right. What just...
4: ended up happening is we were on tour. I think it was the Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him Tour.
2: Uh-huh. Was it the UK was Justice. a big tour.
4: Whichever big tour was it, either Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him or You Can't Touch This, so mm-hmm. I can't remember, but whatever tour it was, we were the opening at, and next thing we know, they're taking us off the tour and replacing us with TLC. What? And then they Man. put us, yes, they put us back on a promotional tour, which had us doing spot dates in clubs. Uh. That's what they did. with O-T- So it was almost like a backtracking Right. Um. of the group. And then, um. We got home. We were at home. They sent us home, took us off the tour, put us on that promotional tour, and then sent us home. And then after we had been home a few months or whatever, they called us into the office and they gave us a check and said it was our last check and thank you very much. But that was it.
0: It's almost like getting laid off from a just a regular office job or something exactly. where they don't tell you exactly,
4: wow. exactly, exactly.
0: And let me ask you this: so, so all that happened. What happened between you and your homegirl as far as what's the decision to... It seemed like what you guys were doing, like maybe you just continue, maybe find another label or something and try to make more music together because you seem like you're doing such a good job. Did that all just leave such a bad taste in your mouth? You just wanted to stop and, you know...
4: Because we didn't know, it didn't really leave a bad taste in our mouth. Again, we're just confused. It's like a deer in the headlights. Yeah. The contract with Capitol Records, it was put to us that, and this is why we're on a plane flying to L.A., and I believe it was to do the Arsenio Hall show, but they told us in no uncertain terms, if we did not sign the contract with Capitol Records on that plane, by the time we landed, they would be sending us back home. Wow. What? Yeah. That's number one. That's how (laughs) that's why I said it 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 opened the door to how everything else would happen. Right. So this is um this is all of us signed the contract. We didn't know what was in the contract. But like I said, we had already invested. So this is two big N C, Lone Mixer, DJ Redem, myself, Terrible T Ace, and Lil P. We all signed it. Because we were like, Listen, you know, we don't know what's what's going to happen, but we've invested this much. So that's in the very beginning. So now you fast forward, Lil P has left, Too Big and C has left, Lone Mixer has left, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just me and Terrible T saying we're going to rise to the occasion. And the more we rise to the occasion and surpass it, they're going to give us respect. So now we're on this big tour as an opening act, doing great, mind you. Great. You are doing great.
0: I'm sure you were. They
4: take us off the tour. So now we're even more confused, like, wait, we have an album out the album's doing great. Why are you taking us off the tour and replacing us with TLC? Then they send us home. So we're just like, what the hell is going mm. on? So we're home for a few months and then they call us in. Again, this goes back to us not knowing what the contract really was with Capitol Records, what, how we ended up on Busted Records, but now they're letting us go. There was never any conversation wow. at all. So when we left that office with checks in hand, we did not say a word
0: to each other really
4: he looked at me i looked at her and we got in our cars and we left so yeah
0: i guess that kind of answers my question so you all didn't reconvene or like uh kind of we
4: didn't because we didn't we didn't know what our rights were that's why i brought up the initial contract we didn't know what we right. could do yeah right so we didn't discuss we didn't discuss anything with each other i remember we had said um i don't even know to be honest what it was said to us how we got on the subject. But I remember Lewis Burrell saying clearly that if we left, we could leave, but we couldn't use the name O-Town 357. They would sue us because they own the name. Mm.
0: How about this? Do you guys have any problems? Like nowadays you said, like, for example, in 2019, you all performed. So what's, what are the rights there? You got Do you have to get clearance for that or?
4: No. Interestingly enough, we found out later. I found out in two thousand. 14 or 15, if I'm not mistaken, they never did own the name.
0: Oh! They never. They were <laughs> fronting on that?
4: Yes, they never trademarked the name. Oh. They never owned the How name. How did you find that out? I went to trademark it. I had to look it up. So I got an attorney to see if their trademark was still active or, you know, there's an active or live or right. dead terminology for trademarking. So I, um, I so do no you own it? Look it? No, actually I can't own it right now because there's another man, Isaac King, I believe is his name. He owns a term that's too close to Oak three five seven. It's Oak something. I don't know what it is. But really? so right now, um I cannot um Do you have to unless I get a specimen that shows usage prior to him making the trademark. So I have to resubmit. Oh. So I'm in the process of doing that now. Yeah.
0: Well, good for you. At least there's a process in which you can obtain that. That's great to hear. I can't believe they. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they BS'd you on that back in the day. Well, I don't um, believe it. believe <laughs> yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I can't, but I can. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about um, your life these days. You, you're a hip hop dance instructor. Fitness
4: no, instructor. No, I'm a fit, fitness dance instructor, right? So it's a little bit different. I mean, you do have hip hop dance instructors hip hop today. As far as dance is very different, um, but <laughs> I teach fitness dance, and so it ranges from you know what I would do, considers hip hop to R and B to um, salsa, merengue, cumbia, things of like that Afro beat. I just mm-hmm. do what feels good, and if I pick the song, do the choreography, and I teach it.
0: What kind of oh choreography uh, choreography too? What choreography, kind of yeah. what kind of uh, regimen am I getting if I sign up for your class? What kind of uh, what are we doing? How long does the class last? What are we doing?
4: The class is anywhere from forty five minutes to an hour, oh. and because of fitness and dance, uh-huh. you can do a whole song of squats, or you're going to do bicep curls, tricep presses. You do stuff like that, jumping jacks, as well as dancing. So a I whole song of
0: that. squats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I can never handle that. <laughs> You're yes, way you more. F- you can do it. <laughs> Three I minutes of it. squats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it depends on
4: the length of the song, but it could be anywhere from two and a half minutes to four minutes. Right. You can do it. What
0: do you yeah. What do you bump these days, or what kind of music you like? You, I know you mentioned. Um, it
4: just depends. Yeah. yeah it just depends. Um, right now, I like uh, was it Tootsie Slide" by Drake.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's
4: my squat song. That's my squat song right now.
0: um do you just do the the class do you just do the class like you know as like you know Um, do people kind of figure out halfway through wait a minute aren't you Sweet LD from no 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 I was wondering about that they don't know right Uh, right they don't know
4: (laughs) yeah the only way they know is if someone else has told them and so when I first got into fitness I didn't tell anybody because I didn't want them to look at me as if they were going to come and have a show right performance right Um, and then I didn't want them to expect that the same choreography would be taught in this class because I wanted to really expand my horizons as an instructor yeah so i did not do a lot of songs um that we did i didn't do hammer songs i didn't do any of that right i was just like straight salsa because i came in zumba
0: um (laughs) salsa is no joke that is some serious dancing yeah
4: it's a lot of fun so um it just it just is different you have know you what I mean ever, it's totally different. Have you ever just him.
1: lost it and, and just went into your zone and everybody stopped stopped exercising <laughs> and shit? I can't keep up. It's
2: <laughs> <was> like damn. <laughs> Y'all <Yo>, are too <laughs>
4: slow. Uh. I've lost it and forgot my choreography. Like, I'm supposed to be teaching the choreography. You're all freestyling. Half the choreography. Yeah. In, yeah, in my head, I'm just doing it with a little bit more swag to right. it. And I'll have to come back. I'll look in the mirror and be like, I'll see their faces. Like, right. okay, where is she? You know what I mean? So, yeah, like that. But it, I get those moments where it's like, oh, my God, this feels so good because I'm dancing. Right. I'm still dancing.
1: Can people yeah, find it so online I- or, or is it like out of, you, you're at a particular place?
4: Yeah, how do you do business? Yeah, I'm at a gym here in uh, Texas. It's in Bedford. Right on. And it's called Fitness Connection. So I teach uh, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays.
1: Y'all better check it out. um, Yeah, hell yeah.
4: Yeah, come check me out. Come dance with me. But I just started another little activity that I'm trying to get people to um, join me with. And it's called Quick Fit or Quick Fitness. And I just came up with that the other day. But I was at the gym. Nice. And this was after doing an interview. This guy made a comment about how good I looked. And he was like, you remind me of Angela Bassett. And so I thought about that throughout the night. Wow. That's like a major compliment. Yeah. And then I went and taught my class the next day, which was Wednesday. And it was just like after class, I said, listen, let me just share with y'all. And I went live on IV and I was like, I am nowhere near and Angela Bassett. That lady is sad. She's on another level. <laughs> sure and so I said, so we're going to start today to work on our own, our own, you know, fitness, our own tone, of um, toning up. And so I said, so at least we could do five minutes, you know, and then I was like, you know, we could do five minutes, five times a day. And right. I was like, let's just try that five minutes, five oh, times a day. Interesting. And, um, yeah. So I shared that with a couple of people and I actually had people call them like, oh, my God, how do I do this? And I was like, it's easy. Just figure out an exercise. You can do a five one minute increments or five different exercises for, you know, one minute, right. for five minutes. And people are like, OK, OK, so they could keep up with it.
2: Mm-hmm. So I said,
4: well, let me just kind of push that a little bit and see if it'll get people moving. So I'm going to work on that and just share with people. It's simple, nice. but sometimes people overthink things and they don't realize that they can actually move in five minutes and it's just going to help them.
0: Right. You. That's a real yeah. contribution to society. There. You're really helping people get healthy now. Mm-hmm.
4: I'm hoping that they will. Yeah. Because I, even for me, I have to, you know, think about it and be intentional with doing it.
0: I want to remind everybody one more time go to the website girlme com and get oh you do it under your name Su- Suheila Sabir conditional truths and it's, you can get an autographed right. copy you can get an autographed yeah. copy y'all
4: They could do either one um girlme2 or they can follow me on Instagram at Sweet L D three five seven and hit me up in the DM and say they want one and I'll take care
0: of them. Okay. So hit you up on Instagram yeah. too. Yeah. You could do either one. It would
4: be awesome. Thank you for sharing that with them. I
0: appreciate that. Oh, no problem. It's it's my pleasure. And it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Uh thank you. We're recording this That's on Martin Luther amazing. King Day. I can't yes. I can't think of a better way to celebrate speaking with you. And it's been really yes, fun talking I appreciate to you. That.
4: Yeah. Yes, you guys had great questions, so thank you so much for this. Thank, thank you.
0: you so much. No problem. I was wondering one yeah. last thing before we go. Um, you have sure. a lot of insight into the business and being a lady in the business, not just with music but also with your fitness instructor thing, For uh-huh. especially, especially for our young ladies who listen. Do you have any advice, anything that you've learned over the years, good things, bad things, or even just a philosophy that you live by? that you've learned um, from your experience that you want to share? Anything positive? I
4: think the, the, the biggest, the biggest, biggest thing is to say yes to themselves
0: first. Mm-hmm. Say yes so first. Before you
4: put your trust, say yes to yourself first.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes
4: to your uh, to protecting yourself, your creativity, your art. Yes to protecting your mental health. Yes to protecting your physical health. Yes to protecting your spiritual health and relationships with your family yes to you first, as long as you fortify that, then you'll know how to communicate with other people in a safe way for yourself before you put yourself in a situation where you don't know how to bring yourself out of it. So you have to say mm-hmm. yes to you first. Yeah. That means you, you grow you first, nurture, nurture you first. Um, and it's a learning experience. So you put a lot of pressure on people um, yeah. when you trust them with you. If you haven't trusted yourself with you first, you cannot put yourself in somebody else's hands to take care of you. It's, it's too much pressure. I, yeah, see. I, would say
0: that. I see. I yeah. see. And that's beautiful. I love to hear that. Thank you so much for that inspiring you're message. Welcome. What are you yeah, gonna you do? Uh, what are you gonna do for the rest of the day? What else are you gonna do? Gonna dance some more? Make some coffee? Uh, no. <laughs>
4: coffee would be amazing. I love it. Coffee would be amazing. But right now, I have to um, go and run my other business. And But before I start that, I do have to get my first five minutes in for the day. So ah. I haven't done my five minutes ah. yet. So I haven't done my first five minutes.
0: You better get on so it. No,
4: I have to get that. Yeah, I got to get that going and then start my other business.
0: I have something else I got to do.
4: Yeah, (laughs) it's going to be awesome. An awesome day, yes, sir.
0: I'm so glad that uh, Chocolate turned us on to being able to talk to you. I couldn't believe it when she told me that we could talk to you. And uh, thank you so much for giving us your time and wisdom.
4: I appreciate her for sending me to you guys and vice versa. And she's amazing. My husband takes good care of me and I try to return that to her because we're both women in this industry and you have taken good care of us by allowing us to tell this story, our story, in the way that we have, you've made us feel safe, and I appreciate that. I appreciate Sweet. you guys
0: doing it. Awesome. Right yes, on, right on. One love. Okay, and you have a you have a great day, and I'll talk to you soon.
4: Yes, sir. Take care. All Do right, yes, man. All right,
0: thank Bye. you. Bye. Peace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, me and me and jay stone were doing uh-huh. these choreographed moves oh, that was a great workout jay Get in play all right let's sit, let's let's chill out and <laughs> <hit him play>. <laughs> <laughs> oh that haircut man oh i love that <laughs> anyway that was another that's <laughs> another one that was a good one that was a good interview man yeah it was she was nice to talk to you never exactly sure how the interview is going to go even though i do the pre-interview and stuff so she was wonderful to speak with mm-hmm. and thank you again chocolate Uh, Patrice Banks for hooking up that interview. Um, You like the interview, right, Jay Stone? It was great talking to her. Oh, man,
1: she was really cool and informative.
0: She was informative and I appreciate that when people have a lot to say about what was going on and you guys go... Go to YouTube and look up some three Oaktown three five seven videos because they're really fun to watch, man. That's that's part of the experience. The music isn't the whole experience. You really got to watch them get down to it too. Yeah. Um, You guys, we do have some great episodes coming up. We're gonna keep humming, coming at you all year. Uh, Coming up in just a few weeks, we're gonna have our tribute to Brother P, a.k.a. Patrick Owens of the Funkanauts, who passed away this past November. Uh, We're finally going to do our tribute episode to him. So uh, we're going to be recording that pretty soon, Jay Stone. So I'm going to see you soon. We're going to do that as well. Mm -hmm. We're going to be taking calls from family members and friends and playing some recordings, some vintage recordings of Brother P's work and doing his memory justice. And I know all our fam out there, in the hood and elsewhere, and going to appreciate that show. I'm also excited to announce that we're going to have a show with Steve Boyd. Steve Boyd yeah. of the P-Funk, the P-Funk All-Stars. Came in at 78, also Jay Stone around the time Shirley came in as well. Okay. Uh, late 70s there with Don Davis and Detroit, United Sound. Uh, he seems like a cool dude. I've talked to him a couple of times. He's really cool. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be on our show. We're going to talk to him as well. That's going to be great. Um, you know, Jay Stone, I've, I I got these like things. You know what a like a foot mask is? No, what is that? It's a mask. It's not like a... Foot mask. <laughs> <It's> so my <laughs> foot doesn't get COVID-19. No, it's like uh, it's like a little boot and it's got this like liquid in it. And you put it on, dude, I got like these uh, feet of like a 95-year-old man these days. I mm. mean, I never knew this would be happening when you get older, but it's like, uh. I got my heel, looks like the surface of the moon. It's uh. like, it looks like an elephant. Yeah. <laughs> like it's all you know, cracked and like. needs some coconut oil gray. or something. Well, yeah. <laughs> That it doesn't. It doesn't even help, man. I got all these lotions and stuff. So anyway, I got a foot mask, and it's pretty okay. cool. It feels so good. You you put it on. You just sit there like it with it for, for an hour. Yeah, you're f- it's like these booties that have like this liquid in it. Ah. and then it's really weird. Like five days later uh just all of that skin it just starts flaking off oh. like cornflakes. right uh, right <laughs> it looks disgusting but it feels so good you're like oh. wow like, it's so like it uh, feels so good so i'm gonna go back i'll have the heels of a 22 year old oh. in about a week you know i'll show you right now
1: my wife had to do that to two of our chickens she called them bung- bungles <laughs> And she put mineral oil on the feet and the chickens. Two shit of your chickens? Off. Yeah, dude, we got chickens in the house.
2: <laughs> you're taking care of your chickens' feet?
0: What a great chicken owner, man. I'm telling you. Wait a second. So you're. My girl is so incredible, Tina puts... Dude.
1: She puts mineral oil on their feet and, and whatever is on there comes off. And I'm holding it. You know what I mean? I'm holding the chicken. You're and holding shit. the chicken. I'm holding the chicken. And, Wow,
0: we gotta do a reality show. What's going on in your house, man? I can't believe it. how do, I wouldn't even know I, if I had a chicken. I wouldn't even be wondering about its feet. I'd figure its feet are okay, man. man. I wouldn't be all. Me, is that chicken's feet all right? Let's yeah, check it out. Yeah,
1: that's what I thought. But she said no. Just look at it, and its toenails were pointing the other way, and it had some some stuff on his on his leg. You know what I mean? It was like oh, so uh, she's tuned in. Way, way tuned in, dude. Wait, I'm sorry. She should be a veterinarian. You know.
0: Yeah. And by the way, I I didn't miss the fact. I think Jay Stone's comparing me to chicken here. See (laughs) see the analogy there? (laughs) Oh, by the way, um, last time we were talking about like best of the year and I did forget, I always forget something written on my little paper here because I get caught up in the moment. Um, I read this book called Nickel Boys, Jay Stone, okay, I was, which I, yeah. I highly recommend. Okay. It's by, I recommended one of his other books called Underground Railroad, this writer named Colson Whitehead. Right, you did. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Nickel Boys, it's just this really great, it's kind of like an adventure story, actually. It's just a couple hundred pages, it's a quick read, but it's about um, this reform school for boys back in the 50s, where it was kind of abusive, and... Uh, uh, African American boys that got put in this reform school. Uh But it's this wonder, it's this really intense um, uh, adventure story with kind of a twist ending, too. Cool. Uh, So I highly recommend that. It is called Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. Mm -hmm. I also wanted to check in with you, Jay um because i know you've been making a lot of great demos you've been sending me demos of different songs you've been working yeah. on how's the songwriting going man you got a whole album double great, album man. what we do we got,
1: got like a, a soundtracks <laughs> so, <laughs> i know you got a vault going and man. i've been just watching tv now lately just experimenting just trying to make you know uh tv music or movie yeah. music yeah and, good you know side whatever you know be real type stuff
0: yeah exactly
1: and um it's great, man. I love it. I, I've, you know, I, as long as I've been playing the guitar, honestly, I've been faking it until maybe about a year ago because I studied music theory for like every day, and I understand it now, and so wow. it totally makes sense. So it's going on a whole other level. now. A whole other level. And anything that I hear in my head, I'm able to uh, play it. You know what I mean? And um, that's strength. So I encourage everybody who is into music is to study that c major scale you know and um yeah
0: why that specifically
1: because in, on the piano there's no white keys there and if you're playing let's say c major that's your major and the minor key of, of that would be a minor the six so mm-hmm. any any major key the six is always going to your minor one so you might have progressions like six two five one and then so i'm speaking like a minor d minor you know things like that so every and when you do it like that you can never mess up because uh the majors is is your your pinnacle you know what i mean Mm -hmm. that's where you're going to start from and it has every chord in the progression that you can use it's like math you know you can't right you know what i'm saying yeah it's all mathematical so they're definitely encouraged
0: all right, so Jay's doing a and TED Talk now. And I'm to the bus. <laughs> no, he's Mr. TED <laughs> No, that's cool. I got to catch up with you, man. That, yeah. sounds, that sounds really interesting, man. I got to get on, without having an asthma attack, I got to get on my, my uh, bass on some of those tracks, too. I yeah. really like what you're coming up with. You know, it was, it, was a, it was a weird story that I wanted to acknowledge before we leave. Uh, And besides, because we did a hip-hop episode today, so this is kind of poignant, even though it's a whole different thing. Mm -hmm. You know, MF Doom, the classic underground king, uh, he passed away, man. And it was very strange. Actually, not surprising because his whole life is strange circumstances, but Mm -hmm. he passed away on Halloween. Right. But nobody found out about it until New Year's Eve. So it was on the 31st, 31st, two months later. Yeah. But he was like that, man. He was a strange cat, but he did great work. It's almost like the beginning, you could say, of mumble rap. Right. Uh, so I just wanted to do a little obituary for him, and we're yeah. going to close out the show listening to some of his tracks. Uh, it's pretty interesting, Jay Stone. So when he died, he was only 49 years old.
1: Mm, young guy.
0: Yeah. And he basically only wore this mask, an MF Doom, uh, Doom, Dr. Doom right. mask from hey. Fantastic Four, and he never showed his face. He only had this mask on, this comic book persona. Yeah. Um, however, he was always dead serious. So he acted serious. He always had a serious expression, but he was always doing something silly. So it was a really interesting combination. Um, he has like no effects on the microphone, you know, it's really raw. It's mm-hmm. just like Dig From the Crate's music, no effects on, on his voice. Uh, it could be highbrow. It could be lowbrow. It was clever. It could be dumb. Um, he did classic albums such as Operation Doomsday. That's his debut as MF Doom. Mm. Also, Mad Villainy with Mad Lib is a classic. There's an album called Mmm Food. was just about eating cereal and stuff. That's considered <laughs> a classic. <laughs> He's also worked with Danger Mouse and stuff like that. Um, the New York Times said about MF Doom, his rhymes were intricate and imaginative, calling on both esoteric and lowbrow references, as mm-hmm. well as cartoonish imagery and lyrics that could be poignantly emotional. Um, he was born in London but grew up in Long Island. Um, you remember that group Third Bass, Jay Stone yeah. is that white rap group, but they were pretty fly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they had that song called "The Gas Face." That's right. And he he appears on that. He does okay. a cameo on that. Um, as a cat named Zev Love X. So his name used to be Zev Love X, and he was out there in the scene uh. Uh, right around the time, actually, that Oaktown 357 was making joints. Yeah. So anyway, he had this group called KMD with his brother. They recorded uh, an album called Mr. Hood, which did pretty good. So KMD, Mr. Hood, it did pretty good. They're, they're coming up. Right. Then they signed, they're on Electra Records, and then they're going to do a second album. The second album's called Black Bastards great name by the way mm-hmm. his brother died in a car accident right before either during the album's recording or right before it's about to come out something like that so of course this is earth shattering it's a group he has with his brother his brother died uh. at the same time his label decided to drop it his, his brother was sub rock by the way His name okay. was Sub-Rock. the label decided to drop the album and not even put it out So Zev Love X, he vanished. He just disappeared. This is just like Dr. Doom's like origin story. So he just disappears. Nobody (laughs) knows where he is. Nobody sees him. He resurfaces in like 1997 just at like open mics and shit like around town. Uh With the mask on? Sometimes he's wearing like a kind of like a a cloth ski mask. Sometimes he's got like the mask. He settles on the metal mask. Yeah. And he's kind of coming out there and he's just joining cyphers and stuff like that. And he put out a single called Dead Bent. Uh okay. from there he just started to rise. So it's kind of like Doctor Doom, you know, he kind of goes yeah. off and yeah. he kind of he regathers himself and he comes back as this like character. So um uh, it's pretty cool. Anyway, he wore that metal mask all the time. Somehow sometimes he sent out imposters to pretend to be him. So he kind of <laughs> had that going on too. Even, I think, Hannibal Burris, you know, the comedian, he imitated They thought, oh, MF Doom's here, and it turned out it was him. Right. (laughs) So he did stuff like that, and he's just great. He has album after album of great stuff. Um, I want to play some of his music before we go. I had a hard time picking a song, not just because there's so many different great songs. They're kind of like... uh, you have to listen to his album all as a piece. It's kind of like segue-y, like right. maybe a song. It's almost like punk rock. A song's only a minute long or right. three minutes long. Eclectic, and, yeah. It's very eclectic, and one yeah. song kind of goes into the other. It's, right. it's not like a lot of choruses and hooks. It's just kind of rapping over beat. You know what I mean? Yeah, more like the underground style. So I decided to pick two that we're going to listen to together. So first one you're going to hear is called All Caps. Okay. And that's on an album called Mad Villainy, uh, produced by Madlib. Mm-hmm. After that, he did a song. My boy Monster told me about this. It was a good recommendation. He, did, he had a persona, Victor Vaughn. So he even put out albums under a different name. Right. And this one is called A Dead Mouse. It's all about finding a dead mouse. Uh. Uh, so we're going to listen to that. So all caps and a dead mouse by MF Doom. I'll see you soon, Jay Stone. Yes, sir. And we'll be back to talk about Brother P with John McFab. You guys, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again on Aced Out Podcast. I'm going to smell you later. You. Holla.
5: Somewhat of a travesty having me. Then he told the people, you can call me your majesty. Keep your battery charged. He know I won't stick, yo. And it's not his fault. to kick slow. Should've let your trick hold, chick holds your sick glow. Plus nobody couldn't do nothing once he let the brick go. And you know I know that's a bunch of snow. The beat is so butter. Peep the slow cutter as he uttered a calm flow. Don't talk about my mom, yo Sometimes he rhymes quick, sometimes he rhymes slow, or vice versa. Whip up a slice of nice verse pie. Hit it on the first try. Villain, the worst guy, spot hot tracks like spot appear fat asses. Shots of the scotch from out the square shot glasses. And he won't stop till he got the masses. And showing what they know not through flows of hot molasses. Do it like the robot to head spin to boogaloo. Took a few minutes to convince the average boogaloo. It's ugly, like look at you, it's a damn shame. Just remember all caps when you spell the man name. protection. Where the drummers is at. Y'all niggas think y'all slick with that bullshit. Bump that. Y'all pay B for flowing to the beat. Not for what he know, they got hoes hoeing in the streets. Y'all show him to know and for they to never find out about the kidnapped blindfold and the blind mouth The coroner reports say he simply signed out. Oh, and I know, y'all wanna see a wine? or bring the wine out. Cat with a dead mouse is how we catch a phrase and pause plays with it. Kill it and eat off it for days, kid, it. Whoever ain't get it ain't supposed to. For standing still close to, bandits will ghost you. No suit lot I don't know how they do on your block Out here we rock on to the shore shot Shit still ain't stopped Keep it on till your pizza's gone VB on the creek No matter what you peep it on CD the to... Ridiculously. People think he studied levitations, true mystery Had a pal named Ed Leal scowling Till he got him for his sweet 16 He said, Ed B. wildin'. A rumor has it things got valid They clouded him and broke the fuck out But he ain't trying to rob him I told her, don't tell your man That's the trouble with these chicks Next experiment, 12 strands from Double Helix No, I haven't seen Kes, Neelix Oh yeah, cause you stay away from her with those lyrics Please, ain't nobody fucking after her I'm out of here as soon as I fix the fuck's capacitor. And old Anna speak to V in a proper manner before he stab you and put out all type of propaganda. Stop the slander, chop the hand of a thief. And cut the mouth off for of whoever come out they teeth. And he sell time to an inmate, and then tell him around for the hell of it to demonstrate. They know who's the renowned beat critic. Who do a street lyric like that's a neat trick? Off on a tangent, ain't got a set. Supposed to went to management and spent to get invent. Sparky, I had enough of your malarkey. For one, don't mark me. Who you calling darky? I had to take the car.